Hello, hello. Okay, that's one of us. Let's both of us right now. Can they hear me? They can hear you now. This is this is this is only a test of your emergency broadcast system. <laughs> it Definitely been... not a real episode. Yeah, it's been so long that all of the been... things are fucked up. It's been, it's been a week. It's been a week. Uh, so, welcome to Dicing with Death, everybody. It's been a while. Long week. What is going on with you, Ryan? Oh, not much. The usual. Yeah. Dad life. I guess the last episode was like... Remember. Yikes. Not six months, but four and a half, five. Six? December, well... January, February, half. March. Five and April. a half. Rounding sure. six. Wow. Wow. I guess there was what? one in December. Okay. Really? Okay, there was a like December first. Second, take a dwarf, leave okay. a dwarf. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um been a lot. Bad life has a tree. Um, you know, hanging in there, getting sleep where we can, playing D&D &D when we can. This is kind of a test to see, uh, see if baby will play D&D. &D. And it may or may not work. I've got a, got a mom in the other room this week, but the future plan is to fly solo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we shall see. So I think moving forward, Dicing with Death will be spotty with uh, random lengths of segments and excessive breaks. And I don't know, maybe you can come up with a, with a thing to do in between. Or are you just going to take like 30 minute long coffee breaks? Find out, you know, depending on what is going on with the campaign in particular, there might be some, some wiggle room. I've considered the idea in the past of at least with like devon if when we get into magic item creation which i'm hoping we'll do today ish having like an assistant or a sidekick that can be a reoccurring guest who can like pop a in guest i'm dicing with death who can pop in as your assistant and like run missions for you and whatnot and if you are in dad life and need a half hour break then i know how i feel about this a, a guest into who am i being replaced with is it Rob? Tell me it's no, not Rob. It's not Rob. There's nothing <laughs> to worry about. No. Um, oh, I had floated the idea to, to Matthew Berger like two years ago, and then oh. really went silent on him about it. Hmm. Anyway, you're one just, possible idea. You're just trying to wring some free artwork out of him, aren't you? <laughs> Always. Need that good art. Yeah, so um, we've got some Devon. We're we're definitely going to do time skips. We swear. Yeah, I'm joking. We're not. We've been saying time skips since the beginning of this campaign, and it hasn't happened. But this is the day, Ryan. Yeah, because there's no way to remember what happened four or five months ago. It's not necessarily true, but. I am rounding generously with that statement. No, I mean, it could be resolved. I mean, there, I mean, there's a way to remember. It 
it's, it's called it's called not being an old man unfortunately <laughs> there's none of those in this call yes just the old men with the graying or receding hairs take your pick which one yeah. um there are also some things that i could hypothetically run i would need to like prep maps and stuff and that's always been a questionable uh stuff that you could run while carrying a child i suppose why not what do you mean maybe i misunderstood the point of the statement please continue i'm not running with the baby on and i mean i mean dnd campaigns like classes that uh i have sketched out that okay i thought this was require testing and campaigns and I thought this was like. in relation to the long break time comments. Wondering how that would adjust or account for. I feel. What do you mean? I think I misunderstood fundamentally what you were saying. Ignore my ramblings. At oh, time. I was saying I have some character classes that need to be play tested, and we could run those at some point. Absolutely. You uh, want to spoil any of those classes? I don't know. I've. I've uh, hinted them in the past, and we don't need to do that again. Fair, fair. Um, until we decide to start playing some stuff. Um, cool. Well, but I think today we're uh, doing some Devon. Yeah. Some divine item creation. Yeah. So... I wanted to kind of go through, we don't have to get to all of this today, but go through some like the different classes of magic items and explore what it's like to make them. Uh, mm -hmm. First magic items you get are scrolls and potions and then wands and staves and then you get permanency uh, and then you can make whatever mm -hmm. you want. So I figured we would start in the shallow end and work our way towards the deep end and maybe come up with some processy for magical items that Devon might want created and then hmm. make some make some basic things where it I takes suppose, story yeah. we have done scrolls and potions with uh with Georg but uh yeah we didn't really design any new ones we just kind of worked with what we had yeah um, and I do have, I did have an idea for a staff thing that Devon will make. And I had probably imagined just using workaround magic item or work or yeah, workaround magic item creation, i.e. like using spells to make it seem like a magic item. The uh, spell point system makes it kind of flexible, right? You could invent a spell. And the way we've done the armor spell, I mean, I guess you could do it with memorized spell slots, but the way we do the armor spells, you just earmark three MP per day to have your armor spell cast on you. Similarly, you could earmark like seven MP per day as a second level spell slot to have some daily effect that you channel through your, uh, through your spell. See, we took too long with the prep and baby pops is awake. Quiet. Yeah, she was cooing. Um. Mm -hmm. Um. 
So Devon does plan to uh, extrude a staff from the elemental plane of Earth and uh, process and strengthen it with the other elements as well. Uh -huh. um, but if we are starting with scrolls and potions, that's... I was just saying that because we needed a place to start and that seemed logical, but yeah. we don't have to be... Vulcans about this. It we can we can time order. skip fifty years in the future and then backtrack forty years and then mm -hmm. yeah. Or yeah. we can just start with more powerful things and work our way down or bounce around. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like you've got an idea for a thing, which is better than my idea for no thing. So yeah, and we also there are some. I know you can't remember what we we're doing, but there are some story elements that cannot be totally ignored if you want we can like come back to them at a later date but so the last episode was just bringing all of those dwarves here uh -huh. um and we've on the way we stumbled across drexel's workshop and saw it's i don't remember if we got a vision or something but we discovered it had some ties to atropos or atropos had some ties to the workshop um so that Bear's investigation. And then all of these dwarves will be setting up shop in Necrot, um, building like boardwalks or bridges through the brackish fen mm -hmm. to allow passage. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Devon will slowly be, I don't know, extruding mountains from the earth to uh, raise Necrot's station in the land. Love that. Love it. Um, but uh, potions? Well, let's pick a place but, to start. We can start with, um, you know, following up on dwarves and Drexel. We can start with potions, or we can start with your earth mining staff. Your elemental planar staff. Just pick one of them. Cool. One tickles your fancy. Um. So the the elemental staff, elemental pike, I think I might call it, uh, is something that I can already do. I obviously can't enchant it. Um, with the help of my assistant. Huh? Um, and then an idea for a potion. I mean, I've, I've created that uh, regeneration spell. I feel like it needs a better name. That, let's see, it's a touch spell. And with the material component being troll blood. And that causes the target to heal one HP per round. So we could potentially enchant that into a uh, uh, into a potion, a healing, somewhat healing potion, a wizardy healing potion that grants like trollish regeneration for some duration. Um, Astrolog.
casting beyond. Check with the monk. Minus one health. Casting. Um. So we can make a troll potion, troll blood potion, or something. Totally. Right. Rather than Devon having to cast the spell every time, you could prepare some permanently enchanted potions of troll blood. Yes, absolutely. Normally need ingredients and magic in order to get potions, and this would be the spell that you would need for a healing potion, which I think under normal circumstances gets restricted to clerics, but... Yeah, this is kind of our workaround to give a wizard a healing spell. Yeah, but just as a matter of precedent-setting record, future wizards in other campaigns that are not Ryan or Devon probably won't be able to create these healing potions. So don't come citing this to me in five years when... I'm, I mean, how are you going to get a ninth level... Uh, the creature is waking. How are you going to get a ninth level uh, wizard in a future campaign? All right. This might be time for one of our infamous... Test failed. I mean, if it were a future week, this would be a, an infamous break. Do you want a baby? Like, yeah, you sure? Okay, my mic should be more reliable now. There's some complicated stuff going on over there. Articles of clothing have been removed. Babies have changed hands. Straps are being undone. You got some nice baby spit on your face, on your chest. You got some nice baby spit on your chest. Oh, did I not mute myself? Uh, you did. Okay. Did I just unmute myself? Yes. Okay. The lovey-dovey talk was uh, off stream. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get an example of a healthy relationship. All right. Good. Um. Yeah. Tune in for love bites for that. <laughs> None of the relationships on Dicing with Death are healthy. Um, so I think in future weeks, we should have the tech set up so that as soon as I return with a sleeping baby, we can get a 45-minute session in or however long she'll sleep. Mm -hmm. No dilly-dallying. No, okay. like, Ryan, Ryan coming home with a sleeping baby and hopping online and Neil's AFK. Right, right. Chatting on the phone with his healthy relationship. Oh, God, those healthy relationships. They always get in the way of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> don't they? Um, okay, so right. potions. Level requirements are level nine. You'll need some sort of facilities. I think we have been RPing you building your facilities over time, so that seems fine. Uh, I think we just have to push you to level nine to get you to make some potions. Are we... Do we? Is, are we doing that? We can't time skip like that. We can do it. How do we do it? Or should we not mm. Should we not take care of all the earlier stuff first? Check this out. We've got your character sheet open. I'm just going to change your level to nine. Six to a nine. <laughs> there we go. It's done. Uh, you're still going to need to roll me some hit points. Uh, what, what happens if we need to backtrack? We'll figure it out. We're smart 
capable the men. With the, the trouble with is there a way to duplicate character sheets? Yes, actually. Why don't you just make me a cot? We'll leave this level six character here and make me a new Devon that can be level nine. Okay. Can you like copy me a, a new character sheet? Duplicate. Under Mousifer? Oh, wait, no. Mousifer's there. Okay. Copy of Devon. Yes. Cool. I'll just rename it to Devon level six. The original one or the, oh, the copy is the, the copy is level six. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, huh. Cool. There we go. Um, are we just going to level? Are we just going to give me a bunch of wizard XP and leave the fighter or should we level both to level nine? I was level them both. Yeah. How much uh, XP do you need your wizard to get to nine? I don't know. Right now I've got 53k for the wizard and 39k for the fighter. Well, according to my player's handbook, a ninth level wizard requires 135,000 experience. Cool. So I just got like uh, 80,000 experience or something. So should we jump uh, to that... 135k? Yeah. 130. Oh. Are you still controlling my character sheet? I am not. Okay, I'll just... So you get 82,000 experience, it looks like. Okay. Oh, so should I then... Cool. And yeah, I'll just, and... Should I just add 82,000 to the fighter and see what happens? Yeah, it brings you to 121 as the fighter. Um... And 121 yeah. as a fighter puts you at level 7. Really? Wizards start leveling up really fast for some inexplicable reason. This is the weirdest fucking shit. You're level 7 fighter 9 wizard? Who thought this was a good idea? So I only gained one fighter level to power level this, right? Yeah. Okay, I guess if they were both at 135, you'd be a level 8 fighter, but your fighter just happens to already be slightly lower level than your wizard, or less XP than your wizard. So normally, it would only be one level difference, which is not as big of a deal as two levels. Alright, so I need to gain one fighter level and three Eight. wizard levels. Yeah. So I'm gonna roll... Let's roll the fighter HP, so it's a D10. D10 plus one divided by two. Mm-hmm. Oh, some okay. Nyx rolls right there. What? You're joking, right? It's not that good. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nick, he rolls oh, shitty. Oh, Nick. I thought you said Nyx. So oh, no, 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 no. And are have we using D6s colors. for a wizard or are we using D... I think we're using D6s. I think we're using sixes. All right, so I get to roll three D6. Um, let's see, plus three, three. D six plus three divided by two. Mm -hmm. Oh, there we go. Average seven brings us to 44.5 HP max. And I should be fully healed at this point. Mm -hmm. Saves probably go up. Wizard saves go up at... Five and hold on, I've got it over here somewhere. Uh, wizard saves go up at levels six and level 11. So, no wizard save improvements. Fighters might go up at seven at uh, odd which, levels, 
which I hit, but I don't think that will improve anything. No, they would be 10, 12, 11, 12, yeah. 13 down the line. Yeah, so no save improvements. Actually, I do get a save improvement. Because I've got a warrior PPD save, I think. I've got plus one to all saves because of a scarab, I think. Hmm, okay. So PPD goes down to nine. Breath weapon goes down to 11. Cool. Right, because the save modifiers don't actually apply properly. Right. Um, yeah. I am, there's going to be a new model of the character sheet, hopefully in the next couple of weeks that will break the combat tab into an offense and a defense tab so that there can be enough space to to have everything be properly automated. Cool. Uh, proficiencies worth looking at? How many? Let's see. Fighter won't get one till eight. Do wizards get non-weapon every three? Yes. So they should get one at nine as a wizard. So I get it. I'll add an extra. Do I already have an extra? Have I added any non-weapon proficiencies? Not worth doing math. And I'm not even sure what I would add at this point, but sweet. So level nine, um, and I should have. I don't even. I didn't even have fourth level spells. No, this will get you fourth and fifth level spells, which I think for the moment we don't have. Oh, to I need to roll fill. MP, don't I? Oh yeah, yeah. We don't have to fill them, but I need to gain. I get D willpower every time I level up. Yeah. So three D thirteen, I believe. Nice. Basics. Yeah, 3D13. Okay, 26 more MP. Um, bring me from 49 to 75. Which is 72 if I've got an armor spell cast. Oh, hi. <laughs> hmm. Cool. How many fireballs is that? Uh, how much does fireball cost? I need uh, It's been so long since I've looked at this wizard rebuild. Oh. I don't know if she's on camera. But no, she's just out. Of oh, yeah, she yeah, is. There she is. I don't know if she's I on the stream. See her there. She's on. She's on Neil's. She's chill at least. She looks super cozy. Uh, give it 10 minutes and then she'll start screaming. Nice. It's the way it's supposed to be. A third level spell costs 12. Okay. 12 times 6 is 72, right? I can I cast six, so. I can cast 6 fireballs and one armor spell. That seems about right. A ninth yeah. level wizard to burn all their MP can cast six fireballs. I don't know how average of a wizard I am, but yeah. All right. I'm digging it. This is looking like it's working out. And we can get you fourth and fifth level spells eventually, but we don't need to do it now. Um, 
cool. All right, so leveling up accomplished. Um, it's either time to hop into this item creation or take our first break. Um, I don't know what your real Let's world keep life going, is like. Okay. Wait, cool. If she's not screaming, we're fine. I don't know these things, Ryan. I don't. I, don't, I rely on you for all baby information. Hundred percent of my baby lore comes from Ryan. Um, great. So healing potion is what we were looking at, y'all. Yeah. Healing potion. It's not going to be a healing potion. It will be a potion of troll, a potion of trollish regeneration or something. Okay. Is this going to be a solve that you put on an open wound, or is this going to be something imbibed? It will be imbibed. I think it will basically be a, a magical item version of the spell. So instead of the wizard having to cast regeneration on the mm -hmm. person to give them regeneration. You will, it will just be a magical potion of troll blood that they drink and they gain one HP per round for nine rounds, probably. You don't want this to be a solve that you can rub into an unconscious person's wounds? Oh, that's a much better item. It's a highly valuable item. Everyone wants to do the potion enemas, but if you've got a, <laughs> a solve that you rub the whole thing in on someone's wounds and it'll regenerate, you know, D6 HP or whatever. Nine HP? Yeah. I think it gives you one, one HP per round. Right. For, uh, for the level of the caster. I mean, how do you feel about... Uh, the spell itself is a... is troll blood that must be quaffed, but... Do you think the spell would work if you poured... Uh, troll blood and open wounds maybe in the transition from a spell to a potion um, mm -hmm. you know the properties change a little bit my bigger concern is that a healing potion does 2d4 plus 2 HP which rounds out to about 7 mm -hmm. and this would do 9 healing so this is going to be a stronger more reliable heal although it's slower that's true um, it is one per round instead of all at once so it's not particularly useful in combat situations or maybe it's more useful in combat situations like you can take it before oh you could rub it on your wounds and even if you oh, heal yeah. up then you'll continue to regenerate like you could mm -hmm. go up and down and up and down yeah we could make it so that um you have to roll potion interactions for the typical potion duration mm. regardless. So like normally you drink a healing potion, you can just keep chugging healing potions. Mm -hmm. But if you mix multiple potions, right? So is it usually like five D four turns or something that a potion lasts or something like that? Right. So if like they could be interacting for five D four turns, I don't know. We could also slow it down. It could be like one HP every two rounds for. I'm not. A, the speed is fine with me. Um, I think the potion will be capped at nine. Like if you're a 15th level person making the potion, it still makes it at the same. The same strength, right? You're, you're not going to have like variability strength potions cruising around. Yeah. Then in that case, we could lower it to 
whatever mm-hmm. healing option you want. Five rounds, six rounds. I said nine just because a ninth level yeah. caster. That makes sense. Um, I guess I don't have any real problems with nine. The difference between seven HP and nine HP isn't huge. It's like, you know, a little bit stronger, but it's also slower. And then there's potions of greater healing. Right. That are 3d8 plus three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think for this potion of trollish fortitude or healing solve or trollish solve or whatever we want to call it, nine seems reasonable. Uh, What happens Mm -hmm. if a person's at like negative five when this gets applied? Is it like it will heal you up from to negative four, three, two, one, or does it go straight to? I I feel like it should bring you to one HP max, right? Over the well, or, or. should it you do not want it to overheal is that your concern like magical just, healing shouldn't be able to bring you above one is that your think what you're thinking is i don't have a strong opinion yet i'm still i, I think it should take a number of rounds it shouldn't auto heal to one uh-huh. the spell itself does stop bleeding well major bleeding it wouldn't stop severe bleeding i don't think is there severe bleeding that's there like is. percentage based yeah it's yeah. 10 to 60 percent so, yeah so it's it would stabilize a dying person, but it would take however many. And if they're at, ne- I guess, negative 10, you're dead. Right. So if you're at negative nine, it would heal you. It would stabilize you and bring you up to zero. Otherwise, should it bring you up to one or should it bring you up to? Uh, I think one is fair. I probably not beyond one because that's how the, okay. the system works. But I think it, it'll doing it in individual rounds makes a lot more sense so you can't be like oh this person's at negative five let me rub some healing solve with them and they're back fighting the next round but like the healing solve could then keep them from dying and stabilize them i i like Mm -hmm. i like this as a like um you know not as a return to combat ability but as a return to mobility Um, and what if if we're talking about this being a solve what if your wounds are non-physical in nature it would be weird to say that it has to be physical wounds but what if you take like I don't know psychic damage or you know I don't know if that would be weird I it seems to I mean what would happen if a troll took psychic damage I feel like you could probably bypass a troll's regeneration by like using magic to Right, like, yeah. Yeah, I I feel like... I mean, there's not really rules for it, and there's not really psychic damage in 2E. Right. But there's, like, you know, you you imagine... You're you're affected by an illusion of a rock's falling on you, and the horror is so great that you take the actual damage. Do you actually take damage in that case, or do you just think you take damage? I think you just think you take damage unless it is enough to kill you, in which case you outright die. I think you're right. Yeah, Tui doesn't have a lot in terms of psychic damage. There might be, like, some psionics damage. There, yeah, there are. That creates a separate HP pool, like a separate uh, yeah. psionic pool. Okay. Okay, rubbing it into the wounds. Love it. Side effects are you grow uh, hairy warts where the wounds were. 
Mm, yeah. I don't know about that. Maybe maybe if players start abusing it, that seems like a fun side effect. But are you taking notes on this? Or? I am. Yes. Oh, cool. We said That's we'll big. stop minor and major bleeding, but not severe. Yeah. And we'll stabilize a dying creature. And regen one HP per round to a maximum of one. Mm -hmm. uh, to maximum one if you are unconscious. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I will add the note at, at DM's option may produce hairy and warty <laughs> skin in the areas it was applied. Love it. We've been playing Dungeon Crawl Classics for um, Pawns and Patrons like once mm -hmm. a month, and they've got some really interesting spell effects. Like every spell that you cast comes with like a table of other effects that might come along with it. So you know, when when your character learns Magic Missile, you cast it in this weird way, and there's like you know one of thirty ways. And if I learn Magic Missile, I roll on the table and I'll cast it in this other weird way. Do you, so. you roll once when you learn the spell, or is it a yeah. random effect every time? Okay. No, you you learn roll once when you learn the spell, and so then no two people cast spells in the exact same way. Um, Unless you have thirty people in your party, right? Uh, right. Are they mechanically different, or is it just flavor? Uh, there are some mechanical differences that are pretty cool. I'm trying to find my DCC books. Here they are. Pawns and Patrons. Complete core rulebook. Uh, those are sword powers. Where's the cool spell stuff? Ah, here we go. The Blade of Atropos. How does there a person named Atropos in DCC? I think Atropos stole my just, name. It's Greek for, like... Isn't it one of... Isn't it a Greek muse or something? Probably. Uh, it's a one of the fates. Oh, I, yeah. That's that probably where I stole it from. Yeah, I think you stole it from Greek mythology because she's totally an, uh, a fate. Mm -hmm. Moire, uh, is that what they're called? One of the oldest, was the oldest fate. The inflexible or the inevitable. Where are... I want to find the cool wizard spells so I can read some of these effects, but I don't know the DCC book very well, so I'm kind of just stumbling through crap. It's fine. Okay. Another game that has some interesting spells is uh, Zweihander, which is based on like the Warhammer rulebook, and all the spells in that are like... I don't think... They're not like random, but they're like fucked up spells. So like you like your spell makes your opponent like vomit up blood uncontrollably until they take enough damage and die or like i don't know random random disgusting shit like that mm-hmm sounds like fun here's one of these here wonky tables where you can cast things in different ways they call it the mercurial magic system mm. so D percentile. So like on a, a roll of one at great cost, every time the wizard casts the spell, someone he knows dies. DM's choice. Or um, 
luck Whoa. distortion for d4 wait, wait, round. Is that a first level spell? This or is just like spell? for a spell effect that you might like have. And is it permanent? Like you learn magic missile and that is an effect every time you cast magic missile? I think so. I haven't rolled up a wizard, so I'm just trying to remember from what my other players have said or have happened with them, but that's one of them. Difficult to cast. Instead of rolling as normal on the spell check, you roll a reduced die because you roll to see how well you cast spells. Um, luck distortion for d4 rounds following the spell. The wizard suffers a minus two penalty to all attack rolls. This would be like every time you cast your spell. Oh, wow. Holy shit. It's a long ass table. It's got a hundred entries. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so trollish fortitude potion. Will... Is, it oint- is it ointment of trollish fortitude? Oint- Oil ointment. Poultice? Salt, it's not an poultice. oil. I think it's like magic troll blood that you're like rubbing in your wounds. I feel like it should have to be physical wounds. Okay. Uh, that makes sense to me. I mean, what wounds aren't gonna? I could like cover an electrical burn or a burn. Yeah, right. But you need a wound to apply it to. Yes. Which I think ninety nine percent of D and D cases, there's gonna be a wound to apply it to. I think there are very few cases where that doesn't have an effect, or like the wound is internal or something. Mm-hmm. Even then, maybe they could drink it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Healing check required. So, poultice, ointment, balm. I like the word solve, but balm. Solve. Yeah. Solve. All right. Troll. Should it just be a healing solve, or should it be troll? I like it, since solve. it's troll specifically solve. a wizard spell. Trollish solve. Troll. Yeah. Yeah. okay um ingredients so we know the spell is trollish fortitude which is third level um Uh, regeneration is the name of that i Uh, should change it just trollish fortitude if that's not already a spell though uh i think that might already oh it is a spell okay yeah Yeah, it's a sixth level spell that lets you regenerate limbs okay so what is the you call it trollish regeneration? Um, maybe trollish regeneration rather than just regeneration is a better way to call it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so we will need a physical description of what the potion looks like, uh, or the solve looks like. Uh, we'll need the ingredients and we'll need the processes to make it. So I think it will look, it will look like, I mean, it will be a, it will look like blood, right? A, it'll be a, deep is troll blood red we've been describing it as such in this campaign i think but i like it as red yeah so it's it's like a dark viscous red potion does it maybe bubbly does it bubble well if it's a solve and you rub it on things it would be i guess it could bubble yeah like a a red a dark red viscous bubbling paste Mm mm-hmm Sort of like if Vicks Vapor Rub yeah. was like dipped in blood well, that was rotting. Mm-hmm. 
some sort of like, like a slow bubble. I'm thinking like a like a tar pit kind of mm -hmm. bubble. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like there are like bubbles in it, but they like only they burst very intermittently. It's not champagne bubbles. It's yeah, it's, it's like mud pit. bubbles or tar pit bubbles. bubbles. Yeah, there you go. Um, mm, delicious. Yeah, dark red, dark red viscous paste, and it's sticky. Gets all over your fingers. Mm, mm -hmm. You use it too much, the caster gets warts all over their fingers. You, yeah. Gotta like use little, gloves or something to apply it, or like a little like spatula. You get like little <laughs> furry fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> Can always tell the person who makes the trollish fortitude potions because their hands are just covered with like bubbling mm -hmm. warts and gross hairs. That sounds trollish wonderful. salve. Um, uh, the spell you. is obviously this trollish regeneration. Do you normally need more than one spell to make nope. a potion? And then the ingredients, blood of a, does it need to be a two-headed troll? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the spell component for the blood of a two-headed troll. And probably one other thing, I would assume, right? Like, how do you make it permanent? How do you make it a potion? That's the process, I think. Okay, the process. Yeah. So I think it will be like some kind of like distillation type process, way to thicken it. Potions that contain only a single use require one rare material and one common process. Okay, so the rare material is the troll blood. Yeah. Then the common process is like um, reducing it down into an ointment. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to add some mundane ingredients to thicken it. I don't know, mm. like cornstarch or arrowroot powder or something. I don't know. I like that the arrowroot powder. It sounds a little more fantastical and a little less mm -hmm. like I've got that in my cupboard at home. Yeah. Right. So I think the common process is like a. It needs to be reduced down in a cauldron or some similar device. Mm hmm. With uh, arrowroot powder to thicken it. What is arrowroot powder? Is this a word you've just made up now or is this a no, real thing? It's a, it's a real thing. It's like a. Do you spell it? Uh, arrow A R R O W. Oh, okay. Arrow root. Uh... Okay, cool. So we you said distill it? No. Uh reduce it. Reduce like it. Reduce it in a cauldron or some similar vessel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we reduce the Reduce the troll blood in a cauldron. Well, I won't say how, but just reduce the troll blood and thicken mm -hmm. with arrow root powder. Great. And the last Maybe thing we need pow powdered arrow root. How about that? That sounds nice. Arrow root powder is something that you buy on Amazon in 2020. Powdered Arrowroot is a wizard with a mortar and pestle smashing down a rhizome. Okay. And last but not least, we need to determine the experience of the potion. Oh. Because um, that is a thing, and I am very uncomfortable dictating that. Uh, potion XP from the DMG varies between 250 for the weakest potions to 750 
for an okay. oil of disenchantment. Yeah. So, a healing potion is normally 200. A potion of extra healing is 400. I think 200 sounds reasonable, or 250. Why, why does this even matter? Is this like the XP you get for creating it? I think it's the XP you get for creating it, and then they also use that same figure for determining the costs associated with making it. So does it cost 200 gold to make a healing potion? I think so. Rolls, potions, cost. Um, do, 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 do. Assuming the character is able to obtain any special or unusual materials required for the potion, it will cost him a number of gold pieces equal to the potion's experience point value to brew the potion. The process takes one day per 100 GP required. So it'll take two days and 200 gold. Mm-hmm. And then there's a base chance of functioning or of, of succeeding, which we don't have to worry about right now. But I think 200 XP, same as a healing potion, makes sense. Yeah. Then you have to roll for a success. Yeah, which is 70% plus two per character level, minus one for every 100 GP the potion costs. So at ninth level, it'd be 70 plus 18 minus 2. So 70 so plus 80, 16, 86. And there's, and there's no bonus for int. Um, there is no bonus for int. Okay. Uh, 96 or higher, the process fails and the potion is cursed in some way. Typically, it becomes a potion of poison or delusion instead of what it should be. So typically you roll this in secret. Yeah, I would roll the success or failure in secret. Although if you're smart, you will cast identify on all of your magical items. Yes. Cool. So, so, that so this could be useful going into a battle. Right, like as a zero is pointing out and we kind of talked about earlier right like normally a healing potion is more useful in combat but if like on round zero of combat you apply this trollish salve as like a war paint you have one hp per round regeneration for the first but you'd have to combat. be wounded already right if oh, you apply probably. it to unbroken yeah. skin it probably won't do anything yeah probably I think it would only yeah. apply to wounds that it... So if I, like, I have a wound and I'm down 4 HP, if I apply it on that wound and then I take mm -hmm. a 10 HP wound later, I don't think it would... I think it would only heal the 4 HP that are, were lost in that. I mean, I it's, it's right. too much of a pain in the ass to track individual wounds, but I don't think you can apply it to future, to un uncreated wounds yet. Okay. Fair enough. Unless someone stabs you exactly where the potion of trollish fortitude is, 
mm-hmm. and just keeps so you, pushing you it into your, your body. body head to toe with the with the troll ointment. <laughs> Bathe in the troll ointment. Okay, cool. I dig it. No, you don't drink this. I mean, you could drink this, but you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah. Uh, I think that is our first magical item that we've created in this campaign, then. I think it is good to go. Sweet. Um, where is Devon making these potions? Does he do is his workshop in the town? What Do we want to get a little vision yeah. of Necrot at this point in time? Yeah. So either this is something that was being created in Drexel's workshop, or Devon has created a workshop of his own here Does in the workshop have the equipment for this. It sounded like it was like a monster factory, not a wizard's workshop. Correct. But, um, but I don't um, know if you wanted to like turn that into a wizard's workshop or if you wanted to build your own uh, tower with teleportation protection. Potentially both. Devon's tower is definitely a thing. And then what happens to Drexel's workshop will depend on in game mm-hmm. factors. I think. Um, so at some point, Devon will confront Atropos about Drexel, probably shortly after the events of last episode. I don't know if that's something that should be role played out or if it's just something you want to narrate out of character to me. But I think shortly after last, where we last left, so Devon at level six, or maybe mm-hmm. level seven, will walk out to uh, to Atropos's cave and confront her, maybe in front of her new apprentice, maybe not, mm-hmm. and inform her that uh, I stumbled across something interesting in the Brackish Fen. an altar, a magic circle. The um, wicked looking witch will uh, coo gently at you uh, and sort of push her assistant to the side and move over towards you with her big wrinkly eyes uh, and look into yours and ask you to describe what you have found. She seems excited, you know, enough to push away her assistant and not come and like creepily rub your leg, but honestly just want to know what you're talking about. Uh, I think you know what I found. Devon, like gauging her reaction. So he was expecting this is going to be a confrontation, but does she genuinely not seem to know? Um, Um, Well, she licks her lips in anticipation of you saying uh, that. Yeah, Devon has his Serona, his crown of uh, uh, lore dropping. Mm-hmm. So I think he will probably be... Oh, wait, I've tried to read her mind before, and it's always... It's terrifying, right? It's like staring into the abyss. Do you want to try and read it now? Yeah, just remind me what happens if I'm ESPing while Um You get this sensation of, like, like a bottomless pit with stuff just falling into it and the amount of stuff will never fill the pit and she's looking at you with this sensation of like here are more things to throw into the pit Hmm. as if you are somehow like feeding some 
unsatiated desire deep within. And I think normally this is, you know, brought to you in terms of concepts of what might be falling into this theoretical metaphorical pit. Mm-hmm. And it has been like the stuff of nightmares. And in this time, the the attitude on her changes enough that she is locked into what you're saying and is listening so there very are, carefully. There are no surface thoughts. There's just a bottomless pit sucking up whatever surface thoughts there are and depositing them uh, deep in the recesses of infinity. That's close enough for now. If that's Devon's yeah. interpretation, then that that's fine yeah. with me. Yes, chat. She is blind or nearly blind. She has like cataracts or something. Mm-hmm. So she, she can't really see me, but she can still get off my grill. Mm-hmm. Maybe like shapes uh, in the dark, you know, silhouettes, but not, yeah. to, you know, Devon's holding up three fingers more like I can, you know, move in the direction of the light being blocked. I think you know what I found. Do you not? She licks her lips and moves closer to you and rests her head on the, on, on, I guess, on your breast. Who With her is ear. Drexel? Who was Drexel? Her ear pressed to your, your left breast. Her hands kind of like wrapped to your side so she can move her face with your breathing. Um, she'll murmur to herself a little bit before looking back at you and saying, one of the greats, one of the greats of old. Atropos, where do you come from? Why? Were you born born here in the hills? I'm a simple woman, disfigured by the gods, living my life peacefully amongst the mountains. Am I still reading her thoughts, or was it too disconcerting to concentrate on? I'll give you a willpower check. Um, Come on, willpower. Yeah, I'm still, maybe I peered away for a second, but like I checked to see if she's telling the truth or if she's, or does she even, is she even thinking of her memories? Her thoughts become the stuff of nightmares again. You see flayed people hanging upside down by chains, dripping their blood into large pools while strange, misshapen, hairy little creatures move about underneath the pools in an ever, like, swaying pattern of movement. The ground, like, covered with these crawling things, these skinless things begging in some language that you're not aware of, but you can understand the words for for release from death. Just horrible, nightmaric stuff. The mountains? The mountains, yes. Right around here. There are no mountains here, right? It's hilly. It's mountainous. Yeah. You know, what's the difference between a mountain the and mount- a hill? The mountains have not yet risen, Atropos. I had mm. I saw a vision at Drexel's magic circle. Mm. You were there. He summoned you. I'm always in your heart, Devon. I'll be with you forever. 
<laughs> I helped craft you, helped shape you into the man you are today. You can't He's escape saying, me. Cra- craft me? I was. I was born. Certainly. Like any human, Devon's hand instinctively goes up to his uh, pointed ears. You are not born of my hands, Devon. Not your flesh, but your mind, your spirit, your direction. Oh, we've been close. We've been very close until you thought you didn't need me anymore. Is her apprentice lurking in the background listening? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Who is Drexel to you? Friend? Father? Master? An old apprentice from long, long ago. You seem unsettled. <laughs> Why? Because you are uns- you are unsettling. <laughs> you are clearly not of this world. And your <sighs> mind, your heart, your soul are portals to the abyss. Devon shakes his head and breaks the ESP connection Mm -hmm. um, backs away slowly yeah she releases her grip on you she stops hearing your heartbeat and she will crumple back down onto the ground again uh, motioning for her servant to bring her like furs to warm her back up and make her cozy again I wonder what I should do with this uh, workshop. Should I seal it up once again? Smash it to a thousand pieces? Oh. Why would you do that? You and I both know it's not what you're about to do. Yeah. Cut to uh, Devon and his apprentice on the magic circle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, if I recall, there's a magic circle, and then underneath there were like workshop stuff, right? Most of it is in such disrepair that there wasn't really anything to it, but empty rooms with rotted belongings. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there was a, yeah. And so the workshops were long decrepit. But there was an altar with a stat with a that was still in decent shape, with a statue of Ponos and of Terasa, Sayor, maybe three statues. Um, it doesn't matter because I don't think Devon is going inside for now. You got all three right. The center shrine is to Sayor, and the side shrines are Terasa and Ponos. Okay, um, but I think we're just doing this on top of the magic circle. Mm-hmm. Um, if I recall, I don't even know what the magic circle did. I probably detected magic, but I can't really remember. Mm-hmm. But we're just using this location because it's uh, a little out of the way. 
Um, by now, the dwarves have probably built those bridges and boardwalks throughout the through the swamp. Most definitely. But they, I think they steered clear of this place, right? So that was the initial plan, I believe. If you want them to have to alter their plan, which the no, whole thing will they, take months. Okay. I think they steered clear of this place. So like we're able to walk across boardwalks and bridges like halfway through the fen. Mm -hmm. And then like we have to trudge over swamp a couple of miles to get to this workshop. Perfect. Um, but anyways, we're here now and uh, we will be crafting Devon's uh, elemental pike. And uh, I will be opening portals and uh, my assistant will be holding them open long enough for me to do my work. I probably Great. don't even need my craftsman here. I might be able to do this all myself, but uh, so the order will go a minor gateway to the elemental plane of earth. What are you, are you looking something up? Uh, I was just looking for a jacket. It's cold. All right, I figure we'll, a few minutes and we can, we'll take a break. Mm -hmm. uh, minor gateway to the elemental plane of earth, which my assistant holds portal open long enough for me to extrude a uh, chunk of it. Did you have a table where you rolled? Uh, what you extruded? Yeah. yeah, or what was in the plane of earth? That is what I'm looking for here. And I think you kept rolling sevens, which was like something super boring. Um, here we go. It is a 2d8. Mm -hmm. Don't roll a 2, 3, or 4, because yeah. I haven't written that stuff yet. 2, 3, or 4. It's yeah, okay. don't roll a 2, 3, or 4. Eight. That's Fucking the same eight. damn shit as every time, isn't it? You get more copper. Okay. It's a copper. I mean, there's also just rock, isn't there? Yeah. One nine cubic feet. That's actually a lot of material. I probably don't need that much. Nine cubic feet is a crap ton of material. Yeah. Cubic foot per level. Yep. So it's just like, I don't think I need that much. No, extrude is the one. This isn't the. Oh, the other one was the. Make that uh, the magic hands, right? Yeah. What level was that going to be? Was it four or five? We could actually make that spell at some point now. Um, extrude forces a volume of material in a direction. So in this case, I just extrude a, a pike out of the elemental plane of Earth. Just a staff spear of rock. Mm-hmm. And then the portal closes. Uh, this, it will be a, uh, yeah, it will be a staff of rock, probably interlaced with veins of copper. Beautiful. Um, and then we are going to open up another minor gateway to this time. Standing back, I might need some kind of like pedestal to set the, uh, the staff upon. Although what pedestal could survive this? Maybe it just has to sit on the ground here on the magic circle. Um, a minor gateway to the elemental plane of fire. Stepping back. Um, that will create maybe a, maybe a huge fire blast when you open oh, yeah. 
So we're standing back, whatever it is, 20 feet away from the magic circle. Devon has set this up. He's already drawn out these like chalk lines all over the magic circle to prepare this. Mm-hmm. Um, he opens up the plane of fire and his assistant catches, casts a hold portal uh, to hold this open. Mm-hmm. While Devon opens his second minor gateway to the elemental plane of air, shooting a gust of air into or across the uh, so plane these of are fire. Like right angles to each other? Maybe even just facing each other, basically to stoke the flames, like bellows ah. in the uh, in the elemental forge. So he... So you get the, the wind and the fire to mix right on and around the staff? Yeah, basically... F- f- uh, annealing it, mm-hmm. flash heating it in the uh, fires of the elemental plane of fire. And then finally, uh, he kicks his uh, servant to break her concentration as he casts a minor gateway to the plane of water, dousing the whole altar in a uh, in a flood of water, quenching the, uh, the molten hot staff. It boils and sizzles and turns to vapor and steam, creating a billowing cloud of fog that obscures your vision for a moment until the wind blows it away and you see before you... Basically what I described. A, uh, a, a spike of rock veined with copper. Um, and... Yeah, I think this will be Devon's weapon, uh, usable as a staff and a spear, extruded from the elemental plane of Earth, forged in the uh, fires and in the elemental fires, mm. stoked bellows from the elemental plane of air, and quenched in the elemental plane of water. And oh, for yeah, now, this is a non-magical staff, but it is made with the right materials and the right processes that it could be enchanted at some point. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there are a couple of uh, enchantments I have in mind for it. I guess, good point, A0. I can mark of or antenna. Is antenna different than... Is he I the artist the guy? I think they're, they're the, the same, same person. All right. Um, yeah, I could mark of recall it, and I probably will. Um, let me check. Did this have to be done at creation? No. It must be physically marked or inscribed with words or runes. Right? Mm-hmm. So I will need to inscribe runes to mark of recall it. Right. But, but it could be done after the fact. Yeah. Right. You could have done it before you quenched it in fire or after you quenched it in fire. Um, your call. Um, yeah, um, so one and one here's where I was like, I can patch together fake magic items with spells. So, one thing I want to do is a is like an attunement, like maybe create a two we spell attune, where like meditating with the item attunes it to the caster, basically rendering it a we can make this spell after the Mm -hmm. break or something, basically making it a physical extension of the caster's body allowing touch attacks to be made through it and allowing it to be used as a martial arts weapon. So basically, so you could cast, so for Devon, I think his fist of stone can be used through this elemental weapon. Or like you could use, you could you, you could cast chill touch 
mm-hmm. and then use the, and like use chill touch through the staff or cast. I don't know whether, what other touch attacks are. I guess like vampiric touch or etc. What was the then, name that you had for this effect? This ability? A tune. A tune. Probably some confusion with five uh, E attunement, but it will be similar. I think. When, I think when it's permanent, it will be the kind of thing where either the caster has to meditate with it every morning while they're doing their spell, or like has to you know sit there with it during their spell memorization or whatever. But okay. until then, we can just make a spell a tune where it's like a. 10-minute casting time, I don't know, second or third level spell that attunes an item to you for a day. 10-minute casting time attunes an item to you for about 24 hours. I think 24 hours. And allows you to make touch attacks through the melee weapon? Yes. Has to be melee, though, right? Yes, I think so. And uh, it can be used as a martial arts weapon, which... Right, but that's not Basically, part of the attunement. An, that's just part of the... I think so. It's, it makes an extension of the caster's body. Does that mean you could use, like, a two-handed sword as a martial arts weapon, then? I think so. Another... I was daydreaming the words to the spell. I'll probably type it out when I get around to adding it to my sheet. Um, but I think it needs to... So, like, you're, you're attuning the resonant frequencies of the material to yourself, and so it needs to be a natural material. So if you had like a quartz sword or something, mm. maybe you could attune it. But if you've got a typical, like a forged weapon, probably not. So it must be made of natural materials. Yeah, that which remain I guess is unforged getting... because, like, an iron sword is made of natural maybe materials. Natural. I mean, it's up subject to well. Is that natural? I mean, it's subject to interpretation, I suppose. I mean, but in some, maybe this, but this staff was kind of forged in, mm-hmm. unless, but you, I guess forging an elemental fire is maybe not somewhat natural, supernatural. So, like a quartz blade sword would be permitted, but a. I feel like it, but a steel sword would not. I don't know how to call that. I mean, I think just, I would call it natural materials and leave that to uh, DM interpretation. Love it. So I feel like wood or bone or rock, like wood, bone, stone, but not metal, basically. Unless it's somehow, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you could do a thrown weapon. I feel like it would be inconvenient. Like, does it need to be a melee weapon? Like, what, what if you, like, attune a stone to your body and then throw a chill touch? I feel like that's fine. The issue is just it's a lot of spells to dump into a one-off, right? Because if you tune a stone to your body, cast Chill Touch, then you can throw Chill Touches, but then you've thrown this attuned stone that you dumped a second or third level spell slot on. Okay. And then you've got to go pick it back up. So I don't think it needs to be a melee weapon. Melee or thrown, but not like fired. You can't do it on a ballista bolt, right? Because that... I feel like if you're attuning to it, then the, the force must come from your body to maneuver it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. And I can't imagine ever using it on a thrown weapon. I'm sure I'll exploit that at some point. But, yeah. 
Wow. I'm saying Spectral Hand does this. Is that a second level? Second level wizard spell, Spectral Hand. Two rounds per level. Any touch attack, fourth level or less, can be cast at the hand. Plus two bonus to hit. Hmm. Yeah. So, so somewhat comparable to that, but yeah. But then spectral hand has a duration measured in rounds, but it also lets you do it at, cast range. at a range. That the main point of spectral hand is you can do it at range. Right, and attunement has a much longer duration, but it's done in melee. Well, it's it's not quite so ranged, and it doesn't give you the plus two. I don't um, think most wizards would actually care about this. Yeah, I think it's like a fight. It's a fighter wizard type ability where, like, you allow yourself to cast spells through your weapon. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a third level spell. I don't know. I don't or know. I mean, second. if spectral hand is second level, attune seems to be practically the same thing um uh, you know about the same power level it's got longer duration but it doesn't have range doesn't have the plus two mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean eventually this will be a permanent effect of the weapon but until then it's like D devon will give up if it's second level it'll be giving up seven mp to attune mm -hmm. this weapon every day mm-hmm um, I have a question about Spectral Hand, just as a way of gauging the power level of a tune. Mm -hmm. The third paragraph says the caster cannot perform any other actions when attacking with the hand. Mm -hmm. Does that mean you can cast a spell and make an attack with it in the same round, but then perform no actions? Or do you need to cast the spell one round and then attack I, with the hand the next? I feel like with the duration, you have, like... It's got to be in the same oh, round. It's got, well, no, right? no. I think you'd have to, like... I think it would still take a round to cast a spell. Like, you can't cast Chill Touch and attack with Chill Touch the same round, right? I don't know. Although Shocking Grasp, for example... Oh, no, Shocking Grasp, it has a duration, right? Yeah, but the duration... Oh, one effect, one round per level of the caster or until it's discharged. So Shocking Grasp only lasts one round at first level when you get it. But I assumed that was the round, that, like you cast it. I feel like uh, I feel like it's meant to be cast the round that... That you make the attack in. Yeah. That's what makes sense to me, is that you cast it and then you make your attack roll in the same round. Mm-hmm. Does Chill Touch allow you to make a Chill Touch attack the same round? I think we always played it that, but I never realized Chill Touch had a duration. Or I thought it was like Shocking Grasp for it. Um, the Touch Creature does this. Damage can must be cured magically or healed naturally <laughs> as opposed to... Um... Yeah, nothing calls out specifically that you can do it in the same round, but that makes sense. It would be weird to spend two rounds to make an attack, like a shitty attack roll. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then I assume with Spectral Hand, 
Um, it might it probably takes a round to cast Spectral Hand, and then the next round you cast Chill Touch and make your attack with it, rather than casting Spectral Hand, casting Chill Touch, then on the third round making an attack. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Devon needs Chill Touch. Yeah. Um, I think this attunement will be pretty will be very powerful for Devon in combat. Yeah. So the main thing I would use it with now is Fist of Stone. Right, basically allowing me to use the 18-100 strength with a weapon attack oh. is the main thing. But eventually, chill touch would be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Can you? You can stack stuff, right? You could do strength of stone, fist of stone plus chill touch. Could you do that and do like a chill punch? I don't see why not. Can you? You can use spell research to exceed your max number of spell slots. Yeah. That's an optional rule they throw in there. Yeah. I like it. Because I think I've got my max 11 first level spells. Yeah. Cool stuff. Uh, maybe we should take a first break. Yeah. Why don't we take our first break right here and we will come back on the other side of the game. Uh, other side of the break with a little more Dicing with Death. Bye-bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Dicing with Death. Um, now with babies. Now with babies. Mm-hmm. Not appropriate. Cover your ears. <laughs> okay. Our party mm-hmm. is... We've created an elemental staff. It's not magical yet. We have done Mark of Recall. We've oh, yeah. we'll done do a tune, but maybe we should flesh it out all the way. Okay. Um, I don't really have hands to type it out, but I will That's get fine. to that eventually. I can type, but as long as you okay. can talk. Okay. Um, so I th- the spell synchronizes the the caster with the resonant frequency of a weapon of natural material. You can flip the subject and object of that sentence based on whatever sounds best. But and then uh, what? So this al- this allows or this ma- makes the weapon a- an extension of the caster's body. Oh, bless you. Allowing uh, touch attacks to be cast through the weapon and enabling it to be used as if it were a martial arts weapon. Okay. I think that's the extent of it, more or less. Is there anything that needs to be clarified? Um, so level. I think it's a second level spell. I think it's a second level spell. Yeah. Um, a sphere or school? Enchantment? Alteration? Abjuration or enchantment? I think enchantment makes the most sense. Okay. Um, somatic components, yeah. verbal components. Is there a material associated component, with this? I think it's just, uh, I mean, we could have like a tuning fork or something if you want to arbitrary material components, but mostly it's the weapon to be enchanted. Yeah. Uh, material components are going to be just the weapon okay um i think it's got a 10 minute casting time 
and a range touch. Yeah, this I'm just covered in drool. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Drool on a more, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, just, it's adorable, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm fishing for views over here. You know, I have heard my female friends say there is nothing hotter than a young man, a young dad with their child alone. I think this is alone? prime. Well, Why you know, alone? like, you know, oh, like, like not the context has been. Yeah. Yeah, the context has been like we're out with friends, and they'll be like, "There's a single dad with the kid walking down the street," and the girls like, "Oh my god, that's that's it." Yeah. So I think you're. You agree, doing baby? It. Yeah. <clears throat> um, casting time ten minutes. Touch range. Touch. AOE the one thing. Duration twenty four hours. Oh yeah, duration. Yeah. Now, question: Should I be muting myself, or do the baby noises add to the experience? Ooh, um, I don't mind them, but I don't know. The audio issues we usually have. (laughs) What are Twitch's uh, terms of service for exploiting babies for Twitch views? If they are allowing yet. people to do what they call hot tub streams these days, <laughs> you can have a baby on your shoulder. They, they can't discriminate against me for uh, being oh my a parent. God. I was just introduced to this concept yesterday. Of the hot tub streams? Yeah. I've heard yeah. people talk about it, but I saw my first one yesterday, and what qualified really as a hot sad. tub They're stream not, right? was a, a hot inf- tub. <laughs> it's like an inflatable kiddie pool in someone's living room, and you're like, this is not a hot tub conversation stream. This is just softcore porn. What is this? What is going on here? It's, uh, oof. My God. So I think you can get away with a child on your shoulder. Um, so we've got attunement. I've got the text of it plus some other notes scribbled down, and I will try to. Yeah, well, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. How much do you have to make during your next marathon to uh, get a hot tub? Do a do a koibu hot tub stream. You'd probably need to wear a bikini top, right? Mm-hmm. Even if I'm a dude? I don't think so. I think so, so right? I, I'm pretty sure. No, no, no. man may... nipples are different. They are acceptable. I, I think, no, we talked about this a few years ago. I think Twitch banned. They did, man but I think they, they undid the ban on man oh, nips they? when they. They've been changing their what's acceptable there are, like, all over the place. streamers that will like film their workouts and sometimes they'll be. According to AO and Gideon, man nips are fine now. Oh, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, hot tub costs are five thousand to eight thousand for the, you know the. Oh, you would the you would do a kiddie pool. You would you would oh. demand that Twitch pay for you to actually get a hot tub. I mean, if I'm going to get a hot tub, I'm going to get a hot tub. I'm not going to get, like, some piece of shit kiddie pool and fill it with water and put it in my my living room. This might need to be a Patreon tier because there are monthly costs associated with a hot tub. Mm Mm-hmm. 
then we'd have to do like weekly or monthly hot tub streams and without you around to join you know it's just it's not the same i'll join you just got we'll so fly you be, out right yeah you, you gotta budget that in yeah it'll be right. for a certain patreon tier we'll get a hot tub and then we'll fly ryan out once a month to just chill in the hot tub drink beer and talk something I, we can make play, this happen we'll play D from the hot tub mm-hmm We'll get floaty dice and you roll them and then you just kind of see what ends up where the bubbles end up floating. Nice. Oh, love mm-hmm. bites from a hot tub. There you go. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see if baby will sit down and watch us. She might not. That might get annoying. All right, chat. Let me know if my child falls over. You can't see her. Oh, good. That's. T- <laughs> so, this is a preview of what Dicing with Death will be for the foreseeable future. Baby, baby Twitch. <laughs> the frequent breaks. And, uh. Yeah. And, uh, musical toys. Mm hmm. Great. It's time to play some sort of like version of Dicing with Death where you play as infants somewhere so the baby sounds in the background add to the ambience. Is this not super this is like super creepy carnival music? This could be a <laughs> this could be in a tabletop audio soundtrack. Uh-huh. Alright. Attunement. Okay. Attunement done. done. And I should probably earmark uh 7 MP for attunement. Yes. Bring it in. One less fireball. Yeah. Oh. Let's keep it moving. Sorry, got, I had to uh, make some notes. Yeah, yeah. We got about we got about five minutes before baby meltdown. So uh, excellent. All right, so we've got attunement. We've got um, a trollish fortitude potion, and uh, was there Devon's any other potion? elemental pike? Right, and the pike. Uh, did I, we have other potions? Um, I that was just the one that popped to mind based on spells that I have. Okay. Do you have magic missile? as a spell what kind of basic ass wizard do you think i am uh does that mean yes or no no i don't have a a magic missile okay why Uh, i was gonna do a wand of magic missiles as a suggested next thing but we don't why just because you want to know how it gets made yeah but you know we don't have to do that we can do anything else i'm just surveying the landscape Wand of I don't know. potions. Yeah, do you got any wands you want to make? I'm trying. I'm looking at spells that I have that might be useful to have a. You got like enlarge. I do have enlarge. We can do that. Shadow snap could be a fun item. Maybe, it, maybe like a permanent shadow snap dagger. Baby's trying to roll over. <laughs> 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 it just fell down. 
She wiggled down. <laughs> She's working on rolling over. So, uh, oh, look at her oh go. halfway. Look at her go. Oh, almost. She's trying so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, a, a shadow snap dagger that you like throw at people so. and shadow snaps them? Yeah, I think essentially it would, I mean, it wouldn't be a dagger. I think essentially it would be a wand of shadow snaps, but it would be in the form of a dagger. So, like, would you throw it or would you, like, wave it and it then would produce a second blade? Oh, hmm. So maybe this is in the realm of a permanent weapon or a permanent magic item. I think it would be, I think it would be basically a wand, but it, you, but it will be, uh, but you can't use it back to back to back, right? Like while it's shadow snap someone. Right, you would have to pull it out of the ground, which would release the shadow yeah. snap and then you could throw it again. So maybe this doesn't count as a wand, but maybe it is a ninth level because it's a charged magical item, right? <laughs> yeah, it, you it, you can do this yeah. feature with it a number of times and then it runs out of charges. Mm -hmm. I dig it. Yeah. Does that function as a... Uh... Can you, yeah. you can't make wands until level 11, though, right? So we'll put a pause on this. But I think that will be one of the first charged magical items. I think you're right. I think you need yeah. enchant an item, which is the sixth level spell. I think you actually need to be 12 to do it then. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. So we're still at the potion and scroll era of mm -hmm. magical item is, creation. What about a potion of enlarge? Is that, a, is that a potion that exists? If not, it should be. It should be. Let me take a look at my potion list. Um, gaseous form, invisibility, reduction, reduces in size. That's basically the reverse of enlarge. Yeah. That could be cool. Mm -hmm. It has a 300 XP for it, which is interesting. And reduces the user to well, it does reduce a person to ten percent of their size. That's a pretty big. That's ninth level. Yeah, that's a strong effect right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. Um, I think useful items to like armor spell would be good to put on a scroll, because then I can free up those MPs. Mm -hmm. What are you laughing at? You said armor scroll? Not I think armor. so. Yeah. Although an armor potion or like a potion of, like, does that feel right? Having like no. a potion of spirit armor or a potion of armor? That doesn't feel right to me. That feels weird. Yeah. I think like a potion has to affect the body in some way and it mm -hmm. not like create effects around you, but will modify your something like, you know, it can make you fall in love. It can make you breathe fire, but it won't create a shield around you. What about a potion of dispelling? Like you drink it to uh, clear magical effects on the user. Ooh, that is a potion that exists in the DMG. Oh, really? Yeah, I just saw it um, like half an hour ago. It is called a potion of, oh, no, it's an oil of disenchantment. That's different. Similar, but. Yeah, there's sim sim. 
Let me take a look at Oil of Disenchantment for us here. Um... Yeah, do they not? They list it in the list of potions. Oh, here it is. Never mind. This oil enables the removal of all enchantments and charms placed upon living things and the suppression of such effects on objects. If the oil is rubbed in a creature, all enchantments and charms on it are immediately removed. If rubbed onto objects bearing an enchantment, the magic will be lost for d10 plus 20 turns. After this time, the oil loses potency and the item regains its enchantment. The oil does not radiate magic once it is applied and masks the enchantment of whatever it coats so that an item coated will not show any enchantment for as long as the oil remains active. Ooh, pretty cool. So does it just conceal enchantments or does it actually... It will, like, temporarily disenchant them or, like, turn them non-magical for a period of 21 to 30 minutes. No, 21 to 30 turns, so 210 to 300 minutes. Hmm. I want to sure get more and more drool on it. <laughs> I'm glad he picked this color of shirt today. Really makes it stand out. I'm going to go pass her off to mama. Okay. She's getting ready for a nap. Oh, yeah. And I will explain the drool. Woo. Dyson with death has certainly entered into a new era, everyone. I may have been able to uh, rock her down in my arms, but with mom home, this is just easier. Makes sense. Um, she might be producing her first tooth, so uh, she's especially drooly, but also babies just drool. They just so. drool. Yeah, yeah. Um, oil of disenchantment, or like a potion of disenchantment, like something that you drink to, like, dispel negative buffs that have been cast on you. Yeah. Probably um, all buffs, but... Yeah, yeah. So the oil removes enchantments and charms placed on a person. But that doesn't necessarily mean... What does that mean? Does that mean... Like, if you've cast Sounds enlarge like on any... yourself and you rub yourself with an oil of disenchantment, are you no longer enlarged? I think so. Okay, so does this already cover the things that we want? Or is there another a function or item in here? Um, It sounds like that already covers it, actually. Okay. So we're talking oil of disenchantment. And... Oh, Potion of Enlarge, which... Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, take a quick look over here. Spells, spells, items... Potions effects extend to other creatures. Dispelled normally. 
Potions consumed with an anti-magic shell do not activate until they leave the area of control. Shell, temporary effects made permanent, blah, 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 blah. Potion of vitality. Yeah, no one really talks specifically about an oil of disenchantment. I have... Yeah, okay, cool. Um, so do we want to do a potion of enlarge? Because I've got a potion of reduce, but nothing of enlarge. Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Right, so these uh, are things that are worth that Devon would experiment with just because those are the spells that he has. Mm -hmm. So would that be a potion of growth then? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it go. doesn't exist. Does it? I don't think it's in the DMG. There is a potion of growth. Wait, in combat and tactics? Yeah, the DMG doesn't have a potion of growth listed. Growth potion DMG. But it might be listed. Oh, no, it is here. Why did I not find it in the description? DB oh, each oh, fourth is. causes it to grow six feet in height. Weight of creature to consume. Grandma's born carried, also grow in size. Each fourth of the liquid tube has a six feet of height growth. Full potion increases height by 24 feet. Weight should increase proportional to the change of height. Strength is increased sufficiently to allow bearing armor and weapons. Commensurate with the strength increase, but does not provide combat bonuses. Movement increases to that of a giant of approximately equal size. That's weird. Like, what is the... That's, like, purely RP, isn't it? And yeah, movement you, speed. you can reach things. and I think you could probably, like, lift things that are larger, but no damage bonus. The... The movement speed change is interesting because I think most giants have 12 movement speed. No, they have like 18 or 24. Mountain giant has movement 12. Stone giant has movement 12. Frost giant has movement 12 with 15 in brackets. Hill giant has movement speed 12. Storm giants have night have movement 15. Wood giants have movement speed 12. Which is weird in and of itself. Fog giants have movement 15. Fire giants have 12. Furbolg giants have 15. Bizarre. Super weird. Yeah. I've always thought giants should be faster than people. There are some movement speed problems in that condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What is your goal with trying to create these potions? Do you want potions to exist in the world, or do you want... Or I... Are you, thinking, are you just playing with the system? I want to get comfortable. Um, more comfortable with magic item creation, so I have a better mm -hmm. idea of how it happens, so I can more quickly make judgments about magic items on the fly. So I just want to, you know, spend some time thinking about them and delving into them and discussing effects and processes and how long they take. Like... 
the reminder that they cost um, one GP per XP does help set the expectation that a healing potion, if you needed to buy it, would have a bare minimum cost of 200 gold, because that's what yeah. it takes to build it. And then probably you know, double that to uh, right most items at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like co materials cost for weapons is usually half of their value. Is that typical? Something like that. So I think yeah. 400 gold for a healing potion sounds about right. Yeah. Not that I, I want to bring us into a magic item economy, but sometimes these things do come up and you need some rough approximations. Um, I mean, you don't give out gold, so how would anyone ever buy a magic item? You know, you got to work for the things you want. You pinch your coppers and eventually you'll have 4,000. What do you think this is? Communist Arcadia? You think we're just going to give you money? Pfft. Have to work for it. Um, so potion of growth sounds stupid, but we can flesh it out if you want. I guess, but like, you know, we're it's already here. You need the spell enlarge. Mm-hmm. What are you, right. what, where are you taking notes? Is this some table or something, uh, or? Yeah, this is in my Scrivener document that has all my notes on potions and magic items. Um, so it takes the enlarged spell. The effect is each. Oh, what is it? I mean, this is already in the DMG. You don't need to copy it down. Yeah. about a potion of tongues Ooh, i like that i like that there, a lot is there any potion that gives you language abilities it's looking um potion of their audience, dragon control, oh, really? ESP, gaseous form. Um, no. Ventriloquism and Claire audience are the closest thing we get, and ESP to communication potions. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the Encyclopedia Magica, but. They've got everything, though. Hmm. Every harebrained idea that anyone had ever come up with, whether it was good or not, they added. Who dusts? What a monumental feat would have been putting together this book. Potion of language learning. That probably gives you a permanent language, doesn't it? 
When consumed, this potion allows the imbiber to master an unknown language by concentrating on a race of people or type of creature. Each flask typically contains four doses of the potion. Each dose enables learning of a new language. Languages learned are permanent. Polyhedron newzine. Not magazine, not newspaper. Newzine. Issue 65. That was a bad idea. Um, have one of tongue potion of sobriety consumer of this potion becomes instantly sober no matter how intoxicated at the time nice potion of tongues there are five variations of this potion each may be used by any character class. Every tongue's potion provides magical linguistic abilities to the character who swallowed it for 1d4 plus 1 turns. So you found potion of tongues? Yeah! One is tongues, one is speak with animals, one is speak with dead, one is speak with monsters, one is speak with plants. So it's just, it's got a, a few different varieties. This is also Polyhedron News Zine, issue 65. <laughs> Anger of an issue. Oh man, they, they did a lot of potions here. They also have a potion of truth, tragic heroism. Oh, what is that? Skit. What is tragic? I've got to know what tragic heroism is. The elixir works as a potion of superheroism with the following additional effect. All monsters within 20 feet of the character quaffing the potion stop whatever they're doing and attack the character. The monsters fight until they are slain or the character dies. To paladins and other heroic figures, this potion has considerable appeal. <laughs> is it within 20 feet yeah within 20 feet that's not even that much but no hmm. there's a potion of thinness from polyhedron new zine 65 when consumed the drinker's trunk size is reduced from normal proportions to paper thinness this permits the character to pass through cracks and flatten against the wall to hide also reduces the okay. character's weight to that of parchment. Okay. I thought it was going to be purely uh, cosmetic, but... No. I'm feeling like any potion we can come up with has already been invented. Maybe, but we can probably come up with better versions of them. Or, you know, there's also need, like, ingredients and processes to create these things. Yeah. Which don't come with these. Um... And I don't always agree with the way that they word these things. Like that potion of growth. Why seems... not? I mean, they wanted to make it different from the enlarged spell, I think. I suppose. Or but... maybe they weren't even thinking. Maybe this was like some other designer's idea of what enlarged should be. Mm. And so they said, you get the spell version, you get the potion version. <clears throat> Something like that. Or they probably just weren't talking to each other, but yeah. <clears throat> Um, well, what, do, uh, what do you think the process for a potion of growth would be? I already have the ingredients written down from sometime before a petal of a flower that grows in the footprint of a reptilian gargantua. I have no oh. idea where I got that ingredient from. I might've gotten it from the monstrous manual, actually. Really cool. Yeah, 
That's a pretty sweet ingredient need. Where could I find? Oh, I know where to find a reptilian gargantua. Where? Uh, the forest in the upper west corner of this uh, continent. Yes. The upper west. I like how you think. Reptilia gargantua have two properties useful to humans. The petal of any flower that grows in the footprint of the reptilian gargantua can serve as a component for the potion of growth. Such a flower must grow naturally in the footprint. It cannot have been planted there by a human or other intelligent being. As noted above, thunderstorms occur when a reptilian gargantua is born. If a dead creature of any kind is struck by a lightning bolt from such a storm, the bolt acts as a resurrection spell. Wow. Sweet Jesus. basically Godzilla. So there's so there's probably other components for an enlarged potion, maybe? Or for a potion of growth? I mean, things other than this, or things in addition to this? This can act, but things right. in addition, like, you could use something else. Mm -hmm. So what else do you think would be a suitable... I was thinking giant parts, like a... Mm, like hair from a giant or something? Yeah, that's more... That's typical strength, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it'd have to be other giant parts. You got to eat some Rocky Mountain oysters of a giant. Oh, that's uh, that's spicy. Mm -hmm. uh, I was like maybe fingers or toes. Oh, that's maybe a little bit better. Yeah. The liver. Yikes. Definitely something that the giant would miss, right? Not mm -hmm. something that you can happily walk away with. That might be rare enough. Like the gargantua one, in theory, you can just go to gargantua territory and roll enough herbalism checks or whatever to find one. Right, but if you're also, like, walking around in Gargantua territory looking at their footprints for a flower to bloom, then you're also, in theory, exposing yourself to a Gargantuan creature, right? Mm-hmm. Are they particularly hostile? Um, I think they're just particularly dangerous because of their sheer size, you know? And I guess even if it's not that dangerous, like, even if they're not likely to find you or whatnot... That's still a rarity. Gargantuas get three attacks at plus 15 each, and 3d10, 3d10, and 6d10 damage. Why do they... Like, this game is so unbalanced. Like, there is no PC that can handle 60 damage. Right? Even, like, a level 20 warrior maybe has 60 HP. Well, 6d10 is going to be 33 damage on average. Okay, I guess so. You're probably not going to get much above 45, but that's still enough to practically kill you. Hit dice 50. I mean, this isn't even countering. If it's moving upright, the, it can trample victims for 10d10 damage. <laughs> 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 It continually sweeps the ground with its massive tail, swinging 90 feet behind it to each side. Any creature within range of the tail must make a saving throw versus death or suffer 8d10 hit points damage. That's just passive ability. Um, so, yeah. I guess you just, like... It's like you need stone skin to handle these monsters. These... Hello. 
Yeah, but then it's broken because you got stone skin. You can just ignore two rounds of gargantua attacks and kill it. Mm -hmm. You're just immune to it for two rounds. Stone skin's so broken. We need a spell type ability like stone skin that instead of nullifying damage, like halves it or quarters it or reduces it like a percentile reduction rather than. I mean, that's yeah. what steel skin that we made. That's right. That's why hard make was. Right, and that that feels a lot more fun and interesting and better. Yeah, with room for growth, even. Mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, rumor has it one of Gary Gygax's house rules was to add a damage reduction per level of character. So just like a first level character reduced damage by one, a ninth level character reduces damage by nine etc to like account for defensive combat abilities of increasing character level and to make it so you can survive I don't know your high level fighter can survive crazy monsters hard to verify considering he's dead but that is an interesting house rule yeah I think it's weird and arbitrary to apply it across the board but I am intrigued by damage reduction abilities mm -hmm. as like a class feature or as a spell or as I don't know I'm still in favor of finding a way so it's still workable but have armor do damage reduction instead of damage nullification that's how I imagine reworking it have AC be entirely from decks mm -hmm. have it and be fighting evasion. styles and then ha yeah and then have um armor basically just be art basically be damage reduction mm -hmm. but well i mean as anyways. long as we're going in on, on that route then combat should be opposed attack rolls or opposed combat rolls and the winner deals damage and the loser takes damage i like that system can you not both take damage i guess if you equal then you hit each other at the same time or you know you both damage each other yeah it's a tie there are systems that have the player do all the rolling, right? You just like don't even bother rolling as a DM. The players just like have a defense and an offense, mm. and like when they're fighting a just so that like, like, what fun is it to have orcs rolling? They're not in this game. It's all about the hero, right? And so you've got like a defense roll versus an orcs attack DC or whatever. We're... That's fascinating. And then if you miss their combat, whatever, then they would hit you. Uh, or you'd yeah. roll both. Right, like right. you'd get, I think each round you'd get an attack and a defense opposed rolls. I'm not sure which game, maybe it's Warhammer. I'm not sure which system I'm even thinking mm. of. Um, I don't think we've talked about Devon at all this uh, segment. <laughs> uh, yeah. We can move on from the, the fantasies of reworking the combat system, which have been churning for 20-something years now and made no real progress on. Um, so, Devon. Um, do you remember what level we were talking about for, what did we call the, was it just minor disintegrate? Or disintegrate? 
Thirty is minor disintegration, like the the clawing thing where you can like your claws right. melt. Right. Did we make any notes, or were we just spitballing there? I don't have any notes. I don't have any digital notes. Um. Lesser disintegrate one cubic foot per level touch no. is all I okay. have written down. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we were working on. But isn't that what extrude became? Aren't they? Oh. Didn't isn't extrude what? Except extrude my... doesn't disintegrate. Extrude like moves material and does mm. some. Yeah, but I thought extrude extra... is what this became. Like after discussion, it became extrude. Yes, oh. I think because this was a lower level version, there's a lower level way to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. Mm. Oh, However, because okay. we we decided that lesser disintegration would be like a fourth or fifth level spell, I think. Okay. Right. What level is dig? Is that third level? Fourth level. Fourth level. So I think we saw that it was at least as powerful as dig. Mm-hmm. In terms of moving material. Yeah. Well, dig moves five cubic feet per level. Mm-hmm. And has a duration of one round per level. Yeah, and later rounds you can expand the hole or dig a new hole. Right, but you're doing five cubic feet per level per round. So at ninth level, you're doing 81 cubic feet of earth. So... Well, do you wanted to do... Do you want to do a a lesser disintegration where you like touch things and it falls apart in your hands. I mean, eventually maybe, I don't know. If oh, it's Hey, we have now. a lesser disintegration spell. We have a minor disintegration. Did we already make it? The caster's hand is imbued with power, causing anything touching it to disintegrate into its molecular components. Okay. When used to dig, the caster may clear an area equal to one cubic feet per round. When used to make a touch attack, it deals D12 damage per hit. No bonus for strength. To cast, the okay. wizard must coat their hand in some sort of fine powder, sand, or dust. There we go. Past Neil and Ryan. Fucking work, done. Guys. Yeah. Source Devon spellbook. Mission accomplished. That was the fastest spell we've ever made. Okay. Um. Uh, uh, should we do? We should. I feel like maybe some narrative catch up might be in order. Um, another. Th- we might need a higher actually let's maybe extrude as it stands is enough to do what i want to do but devon has talked a lot of talk about uh raising mountains and lifting necrot to its plop- proper place in the world mm-hmm. so i think at some point there will literally be devon raising mountains to uh build up Necrot. So how does Devon raise a mountain? Which, by the way, I love. Absolutely mm-hmm. love the idea of raising mountains. Um, but I had no idea how you do it. I think initially it will be experimentations with the with Extrude and maybe a, a minor gateway. So like opening portals to the elemental plane of initially actually when i read the spell i thought that's what i would be doing 
but I, but I didn't realize that it just makes a temporary wall and then closes. I thought it would like make a temporary wall and then like earth belch, would like fly belch. out. Yeah. So I think there will be some of that. Um, extrude, oh, extrude is a third level spell. So let's see, one cubic foot per level, nine cubic feet. That's like, well, it's like nine feet tall and one foot on a side. Oh, you've got a cute baby. Oh, this little guy over here. What were little, you gonna? What were you thinking to call him? Little shit. Oh my gosh. He, uh, what did he, he do? Oh, that doesn't show well. He just he bites oh. a lot. There's just always scars and cuts and like bleed wounds on me from little piece of shit. Not as cute as a baby. Our baby sometimes claws us when we don't keep up on her nails. Yeah. But does um, she growl at you and hiss at you when you pick her up and take her from a place where she wants to be inside? This little guy. You taking him for a walk outside, he doesn't want to come home, but you're tired and cold. You pick him up, you just get this low growl and a hiss followed by bites and claws. It's just... A... <sighs> Lauren needs to come back so she can walk the cat. I'm not a cat walking sort of guy. No one should be. I prefer dogs. I feel like you don't need to walk a cat. You don't, but there are mountain lions and bears, and I don't want to feed the wildlife by letting the cat outside on his own, um, which oh is what my. happens in this area. You just you feed the the mountains if you leave your cats outside. <laughs> what about just having a house cat? That was the plan, but this guy, he sees outside and he wants it. He wants it so bad, and Lauren <laughs> is so weak. She is so weak with with this guy. She'll he'll whine and she'll be like, okay. Now he's got a goes on a harness and goes on two walks a day, practically every day. Mm -hmm. Fucking spoiled monster. This is what happens when it's uh the pandemic and you've got tons of free time with absolutely no obligations. You get a cat and you start walking it. And then you're stuck walking a cat for 15 years because there was one bad year in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. So Necrot. Mm -hmm. Necrot. Um, I, I think we we start with Devon experimenting with his extrude spell and just like wandering out into the like experimenting in the Red Hills, mm -hmm. ripping earth from the earth mm. and just like forcing up pillars of dirt. Mm. Love just it. Just right, he had a because he had a vision, right, of Necrot rising up above. And there being in some future, there being giant mountains here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, he's chasing visions. But he also visions. had visions made of a large tower made of stone rising from above Necrot as well. Mm -hmm. So do you build the mountain or do you build the tower? Uh, the tower first. I think I'm thinking what happened. I think we're seeing like the first stepping stones in the mountains. Like the, I think the tower is the goal and the mountains are the unintended consequences or the unintended side effects or like the experiments uh, along the way. Uh huh. Right. So these are the hill. Like, so this is him chasing vision, probably maybe with the use of the Serona. So he's like trying to feel out the legend lore of the future of this place while like acting upon it mm. so just out there like channeling visions of what this place is supposed to be or like the legends of necrot or the legends of devon as he's like acting them out mm -hmm. and it's probably not a valid use of the item so it may just be like a 
weird entrancing intoxicating uh experience where he's like i don't know wizardly mental mental masturbation mm. thinking about thinking about yourself and your power while you uh oh i could build such big mountains <laughs> oh yeah, yeah i could like dig into the elemental planes yeah. oh yeah great great artifact tell me about the legend of devon <laughs> exactly what a great wizard <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very accurate. Yeah. Um, so I think initially there's just these little pillars appearing in the hills of just mm -hmm. like the red dirt itself, like projected up, and it probably kind of collapses back down because I'm not creating an extra material. Mm -hmm. But eventually, and I guess I need an assistant to hold open the elemental planes of Earth. But I think what we do next, when we start doing for the tower, am I gonna ruin my house if I try and build my tower in my house? Probably. Yeah, don't build it in your house, but you know, build like, it. Does my, does my tower start next door or something? Yeah. Or does it start out in the hills somewhere? Well, I think the tower starts at the top of town, like where the um, like the Quanot is, all, is. Yeah, I mean, my house is already there. Like, there's the Quanot, and there's my little hut next to it. And then I think there's with some hills and there's a vineyard back there. Yeah. And then so like, okay, up behind the Quanot or like the hill behind Devon's house and the Quanot. Yeah, um, like right above not... the Quanot is, is probably a good spot to build your tower, you know, so that okay. we've got water coming out below it. You've got a, you're already at the top of the hill, so you've got the best view <clears throat> possible plus the height of the tower. And so we have the... Uh... And with, let's see, if I ditch my permanent spells, I've got 75 MP. And so what I can do is open a minor gateway to the elemental plane of Earth. Mm -hmm. And the assistant holds it open while Devon spams extrude to just pull elemental Earth out of the, yeah. And this is like, this isn't weak uh, red dirt. This is, uh, this is, elemental rock the very essence of rock mm -hmm. the platonic ideal of rock the divine ideal the divan idea yeah can i uh randomly roll on that table and roll another eight 13 that's got to be something interesting oh oh my god oh and of course i'm not using it to mine this is just like the freaking wall of my house but Um, contained within the earth that you pull out are, I guess you're pulling out a lot of material, are all these little um, semi-precious gemstones embedded within the earth itself. So that, I think that winds up being like the ground floor of my apartment mm -hmm. or my tower. Or maybe like by the time the tower is fully made, this will be the top of it. Oh. That's actually pretty cool. The spell is so cursed. <laughs> Gem encrusted, but... The right. dazzled is... tower top. Mm hmm. Love mm -hmm. it. Um, so, uh, let's let me do some quick math. On, let's see if the third, I think it's 13 MP for a third level spell. Am I right? Let me. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I need to go grab the door. Oh, is this your, this is your food? Yeah, it arrived like 14 minutes ago. It's been just sitting been out sitting on a front door. Oh my god. Somebody stole Neil's food. All right, I'm doing some math to figure out how many spells I can cast. So the third level spell costs 12 MP. Devon has 75. 
So I think that's still six. This is my six fireballs problem, right? Six times 12 is 72. So I can use do one minor gateway to open up the elemental plane of Earth, and then five extrudes to make 45 cubic feet. Let's see. I guess I could learn Fabricate, but that's no fun. And the problem with Fabricate is that you have to, you can only create things that you are uh, skilled enough to create. So if you don't have any construction proficiencies, you make a really crappy house. And if you like aren't a weaponsmith, you create a really crummy sword. And if you aren't a gem cutter, you like can't turn these raw gems into a gem or have any value. Yeah, I guess I do have spare proficiencies I could get for construction, but that seems like a seems like a waste. That's where Georg was going, and uh, he never had enough time to learn fabricate. Um, so let's see, forty-five cubic feet. What do I do with forty-five cubic feet? Making like an eight-foot tall. Mm -hmm. Yo. There we go. Not too cold, I hope. No. It is hot soup. And momos. Yum. Are those uh, Tibetan dumplings or something? They are. Well done. Tasty. Soup might not be the best thing to eat while playing Dungeons and Dragons, but Tibetan tentuk? Oh my god. It's so good. What is Tibetan tentuk? Is that the name of the restaurant or something? No, no, no. Um, tentuk is a type of soup. Oh, yum. Um, these flat noodles. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there we go. Although, actually, now that I think about it, my apprentice can probably only, hope in, only hold portal. Oh, no, we said hold portal was concentration, right? Or is it concentration up to one round per level or something? We hold portal one round per level. Uh, we made a we special one. There's an abjuration abjuration special. One round per level of the caster, although this time starts when the caster finishes channeling. So in theory, my assistant can stand there. Probably only a number of rounds equal to their constitution or something like that, but however you would determine channeling. Or maybe you need to start making checks after a certain point. Um, so I can extrude 45 cubic feet of the elemental plane of Earth. Um, we weren't super specific in like the AOE. I mean, the AOE is the one cubic foot per level. In general, I was imagining it making a spike, but it seemed the way it's worded, it could almost make any shape. Like, so I could probably extrude it into like a 
sheet or other such shapes. Mm-hmm. I think um, probably like not the at, when you first get the spell, but by the time you're ninth level, I think you can alter the shape of the stuff you pull out. At I mean, will. I think when you first get it, I mean, I think the, the it's a it's kind of a crude spell in that you're just like applying a force. You're not. It's not delicate. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Cheers. Um, so I have to mix everything together. Go fetch your limes. We are uh, unfortunately out of limes and out of rum. Nope, there's backup rum. I take it back. <laughs> Always backup rum. Okay, so you extrude a bunch of earth. 45 cubic feet and you bring it out crusted earth and these um, sheets uh yeah pillars and sheets to like form like the walls of a mm-hmm. of the beginning of a tower and this probably continues what would happen if i tried to like open the elemental plane of earth under what i've just made and pull it up higher or i could like to make a second floor do i open the portal there and extrude on top. Oh, yeah, you could. Well, the portal's not that big, right? So you would need to like extrude and like place panels almost, maybe. Or Except I can't really manipulate them in space. I'm more thinking mm. just like jutting material up. Uh, let's see. Maybe this is where you get your giant friend to help you move the things oh, that yeah. you pull out of the earth. Yeah, I'm mean, once I've after this first one, I need giant friend, and then I need. Akitos? Was he the uh, construction guy? Um, yeah, he was the As rough like construction con- man who was helping make your uh, rammed earth home. Mm-hmm. Uh, AoE 20-foot radius? That's pretty big. Oh, it is huge. Yeah. Although that's like the air is within 20 feet... Oh, it's 20-foot radius from the gateway, but it's not the gateway. It's not a 20-foot radius. So it doesn't actually say how big it is. Right. This whole time I've been imagining something water human height, basically. Yeah, let's see. The water, 30 by 10 by 10. Let's see. So it's probably, is it just a 10 by 10? Is that what you're thinking? In that ballpark, yeah. Yeah. Can I use the disintegration, the uh, lesser disintegration to fuse material together? Like, could I, if I have, like, roughly placed stones, could I, like, disintegrate and, like, meld them with my hands? Or would, like, how, how would it, how would mm. they reform? You almost need, like, a disintegrate and then, like, a fabricate or something okay fabricate is a fifth level spell yeah chat was trying to pressure me into getting it but I don't want it (laughs) the spell that does exactly what you're hoping for it's a great spell but uh I don't know if that yeah Mm. fabricate almost makes this all too easy but maybe I do need it Spellcaster can fabricate a wooden bridge from a clump of trees, rope from a patch of hemp, clothes from flax or wool, and so forth. 
Magical or living things cannot be created or altered by a fabricate spell. Quality of items made by the spells commensurate with the quality of material used. the caster works with a mineral, the area of effect is reduced by a factor of 27, one cubic foot instead of one cubic yard. So... It's... That's meant to be a buff. It's like if you have the raw material, you don't need as much of it. Right? Mm, I guess... Right? I don't know why that would... Because I think they're using the word mineral and they don't know what they mean. Like, yeah, mineral think... is a, a specific molecular arrange, like a natural material with a particular molecular arrangement. Right, and I don't think they but... mean a scientific mineral. I think they mean, like... I think they mean, like, if it's not... A, if it's, like, freaking... If it's, like, a, if it's dirt or a rock instead of, like... Rock or earth, yeah. Instead of, like pure iron or I don't know but I feel like if you are trying to make something I don't know out of quartz and you've just got a chunk of mineral quartz that should be as close as you can get or if you're I'm trying to think of other minerals you might want to make something out of you probably wouldn't make something out of a mineral but mm-hmm. okay well fabricate will definitely think... do what you need it to do because you can pull out rock and earth and even if it's one foot per level you know you can use a few fabricate spells to make everything that you need and then you could like minor disintegrate this to then refabricate it together again I mean we could create some sort of welding spell that fuses two things of a similar type together or turns loose material solid you know you could turn sand into sandstone or you could turn loose earth mm-hmm. into so it's sounding like I do want to learn this fabricate spell. Where did these extra dimensional pockets and manipulation come? Tome of Magic. How did Georg not get these? What pockets are you talking about? Extra dimensional pocket, extra dimensional manipulation. Hmm. Anyways. not worth thinking about now okay. um i mean i guess i i guess the most effective way to do this is to learn fabricate mm-hmm. i felt like it was more interesting to uh make it rough with uh brute force but it seems like fabricates the way to go yeah we could find a lower level solution that would be more gritty and complicated but I don't know why. Seems like fabricate the mm-hmm. specifically designed to overcome this problem. Um, where does Devon get his higher level spells? I think he I mean, researches them. Yeah, I think. Are this there is... any other? Are there any other wizards in the area? Not high enough to teach you anything. Um, there was Seltzer's spellbook and Atropos, mm-hmm. and those I think were I the... Got to the end of those, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, where does he get a library? Let's see. 
I think he might. I mean, this is like the early day. This is the age of mist. What? Where are we? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is really early days. I think that <clears throat> we skip years while Devon. I think I think Devon writes his library is where this is what this comes down to. Like, he, there's no Georg throwing money at the problem and importing books. This is Devon using his like legend lore, Serona, mm. to like divine to like divine information mm -hmm. from the cosmos and carving it into stone tablets and. And then visiting with Atropos and huffing fumes from the earth to like open your mind to new possibilities. Mm -hmm. yeah. Reluctantly studying Drexel's laboratory for ancient secrets, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, you're a real uh, William Pickard, Picard. He is literate, he's got cartography, archaeology, yeah. Is paper a thing? Do we have like papyrus and paper, or or yes. was I not joking about the stone tablets? I think the, those such things can be created, but they are not kept in high quantities at this moment around um, this area. It's more probably like we'll make paper to make paper lanterns to diffuse light, rather than mm -hmm. we'll mm -hmm. make it to write on because. <clears throat> You know, if you're passing sheets around and you're making old style papyrus or old style paper and you don't do it very well, it structural integrity is questionable. So okay. you can create a paper industry here as well. I think you know, I think Devon is create turning this section from podunk to something. Yeah. So I think initially it's probably stone tablets. Um You have an endless scroll as well. I do have an endless scroll, but I don't think that's where like a re I don't think I use that. That's for spells. That's not a research library. Mm -hmm. So the endless scroll is where new I don't. I haven't written on it yet, but eventually I will. And I'll need to get magic ink or special inks, right? To oh no, not first. That's for making scrolls. That's not for making. Can you use the endless scroll to transcribe scroll scrolls, or is this just a spell book? You would probably have to destroy it then, because when you cast a okay. spell, it breaks the it paper. Okay. Um, so I should, should I roll a spell learn chance to learn that disintegrate spell that I made? We should Yeah. Right, but just, you've got a few levels in which to do it, so. Well, it's level four, so I would have gotten it level seven. But it's, I don't need to, I, I, it was spell research, it wasn't spell. So I don't know, it doesn't matter. I was just thinking that would be a convenient way to be able to write carve into tablets mm -hmm. like take a tablet and then you just like oh with your finger, finger like minor yeah. to oh that's really cool it's probably not the most efficient use but if you've got something that you quickly want to jot down uh minor disintegration i think you've got a crush suit in your hand right yeah uh we're talking lesser disintegration not lesser minor disintegration, disintegration is what i would need to learn yeah yeah, yeah. so i think devon creates the first library here in necrot initially uh. And I, th I think first, like documenting all that he knows, mm -hmm. right? He's somehow he's skilled as a cartographer, etc. And literacy, his folklore, spellcraft, archaeology. So I think he starts just recording what he knows for posterity, or mm -hmm. what uh, what he, what Atropos tells him. And then cartography, he, he like makes maps of the areas from his journeys. And then he begins consulting with the divine, with the Serona and like learning new things and recording those down as he has his visions rather than just 
using them in the moment. moment. Right. And all of this carving and stone tablets becomes such a pain that uh, I think at some point there, a, a paper craft industry will spring up in uh, in Necrot to fuel Devon's demand and his apprentice's demand. Is it mm-hmm. Cassandra? And maybe in the future more apprentices will come. I mean, you need to teach your apprentices about patience and time as well. Mm-hmm. So having them. So maybe make Cassandra your is the first paper maker. And she she will maybe delegate down the line like some farmers down in the snake grass or on that bay there to like bring in the raw materials. Mm-hmm. She turns into paper. Mm-hmm. You know, with Fabricate, you could make paper, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, Take grass and turn it into paper. Yeah. And with the calculator, you can do all of your math homework, but like mm-hmm. you still got to learn the... The, the yeah. practice to to appreciate mm-hmm. the, the thing so even if you can fabricate it like there's something yeah. to be said to have your apprentices do it for you mm-hmm. we gotta work for it cool stuff um yeah do you want a break so you can eat or what are you thinking no I'm All right. Is there much any full uh, for the time being anyway? And I would like to point out that once again we have uh, glossed over a wedding episode. It's never uh, there's never going to be a Koibu wedding camp wedding episode campaign. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, we gloss over the wedding. We gloss we over Van's wedding. We gloss over all the weddings. Have you had a wedding? Did any uh-huh. of Devo- did Devotion have a wedding? At episode? the very end of Devotion, some characters got married, but there wasn't much to it. It was sort of like, there's a marriage. But then, yeah. like, the other romantic partner shows up on horseback, interrupting oh. the wedding, promising to take you away. And based on the prophetic visions you've had you know if you go with him the world will eventually fall into peace but you will have a sad miserable life and if you pick your existing partner then the world will fall to shit but you will have like a happy life with your partner while the world burns around you and they picked their happy ending instead of uh you know the world's happy ending selfish bastards Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, we did talk about the coins that came out of that wedding. Or were those the invites? I don't remember. The uh, copper coins with uh, Dorboff and Guam or whatever you're... Devon and them. Helen? Yeah. There. Oh, cool. Your notes. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Your tax connect- collector's named Penelope, apparently. I think that's my mother-in-law, isn't it? Or is that separate? Elder's wife is head of the copper mine and coin production. Okay. okay. So this is random tax collector. Mm-hmm. This is where all the money comes to fuel my spell research. Mm-hmm. If you ever need money, guess... you can just, like, dig up your, your floor from the tower and pull out some gemstones. <laughs> and... I love it. Um, so is there any lore you are keen to... Drop yes. on us, like so. Mm-hmm. We've spent Devon spends some time reluctantly at Drexel's workshop, mm-hmm. taking notes, making notes, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And uh, there are incidental random consultations with uh, legend lore. Mm-hmm. 
to improve my knowledge base and uh, fill my library with my bottomless pit of a library with all the knowledge in the universe. I am am, uh, Afterpost's apprentice through and through, whether I like to admit it or not. What I do have for you is not in that vein, only that there are growing as the, the years inevitably roll by um, and the wealth and stability of Necrot spreads to the nearby areas, there are people who begin to set out on small boats and mm-hmm. kind of like come up and explore this coastline that you've already visited, uh-huh. but not mm-hmm. in a peaceful way, but in a we are coming to raid these coastlines to steal their shit. Where did they leave from? Home. From Necrot? From um, from you know this section of coast over here, they they tend they begin to take to piracy is not quite the right. They go a Viking. That's yeah. the phraseology I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, where do they sail from? Where are the ports? Or where the I mean, ports these are, get built? Know, these are tiny little villages, and it, it just mm-hmm. starts with people going. So it's probably like the whole village is like, all right, let's band together, and we're building a boat, and all the men from the village are getting on the boat, and we're leaving from this forest. And, and we're all going to row out here, and if we come back, we're going to come back with whatever we've taken from these people. And, hmm. um, and that's, that's how trou- it starts. Yeah. That's troubling. I believe with Legend Lore doesn't let me see the future or anything, right? It's it's Wrecked. past lore-based. That's why I'm having. That's why I'm not getting anywhere when I'm trying to see my own future or like hear the hear the legends of myself when they mm-hmm. haven't quite been written yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can like catch little glimpses of the future where it's so clear to everyone in the world that this is how things will inevitably go that you yeah. can see a little bit in the future, and so you can mm-hmm. kind of tell where you're headed, but only for things that are really this secure. Is, this is like the yield equivalent of googling yourself. Bond's constantly like looking himself up on the internet to see what his uh, reputation and presence are. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, the uh, the coastal raiders. Um, I don't know what the, they're still an elder for now, so he calls the shots. Although he's probably getting older. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know what his take on this is. I think Devon is. Con- it's troubling news. Uh, the reason I was asking about seeing the future is like he would look to the future and see but obviously he can't um but i think even just it's that's that's not a great i don't know doesn't seem like a good idea that will bring trouble to these waters and trouble to the land um but devon doesn't necessarily see these people as his direct responsibility or subjects so i think initially he's content to ignore this mm-hmm. and then ultimately probably even benefit from it as in like the raiders will go, they'll raid up the coast, bring goods back, and tr- and sell them to Necrot. Yeah. That's perfect. <clears throat> um, which will lead me to the... long-term what happens here, but yeah, I think short-term, we, we are content to ignore it, turn a blind eye, and inadvertently benefit from the, uh, from the trade goods that this raiding brings in. Which brings us to the next bit of development, is that after... After this Viking-style raiding um, begins to produce real returns and the people reach further and further on their boats, uh, people start coming looking for the source of these boats, not so much to fight them, but to um, 
pacify them to trade or pay tribute or to come and see what sorts of things that these mysterious boat people have acquired that they might be willing to to sell or trade for which prompts the necessitation of a real port town rather than a series of like random villages that each have their own nonsense there needs to be some place where um distant trade can be started hmm Maybe that accidentally falls to us because it's probably, I mean, if we're trading with these raiders, maybe initially they're bringing their goods into Necrot. Mm-hmm. But eventually they may set up a more permanent settlement where we can go and buy and trade stuff with them. And then the fort where the foreigners are going to want to come. I mean, right. the logical spot is probably in this bay, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere where you've got shelter from big storms that would come by. Um, Mm -hmm. Somewhere that, you know, the water is deep enough you can receive ships, but is also calm and stable enough, shallow enough that it's not going to be uh, a mess to deal with. So this bay over here is prime territory. Uh, Does the Elder have ambitions of getting involved with this, or is is this all springing up outside of our jurisdiction By the time we're talking about raiders coming and going and uh, pre-planning cities, the Elder just doesn't have the stomach for the bureaucracy and the organization of all these people, and he doesn't know so so very many of them. He was the Elder of Necrot, knew the people of Necrot, but now that we're dealing with all of these outsiders, he's just... He's getting too old for that shit. So he will happily take on a minor role maybe like overseeing one specific sub thing like maybe he will help oversee the construction of whatever port town this is or maybe he'll oversee you know some facet of the construction but he's getting ready to step down from actual leadership roles his son-in-law is doing great his daughter's uh, you know in a high position, his family's got all the money they need. Elder's happy to retire. Phase it out. Hmm. Um, I think Devon also has a similar lack of interest and patience in the leadership, necess- mm-hmm. at least in the details of it. Um, so I'm guessing at least for the next couple of decades, his wife will probably de facto running Necrot from a day-to-day basis and Devon will probably him and he's clearly has judgments and his perspective mm-hmm. and but probably serves more in an advisory capacity or as a figurehead yeah depending although he may show up occasionally and be like I'm in charge putting my foot <laughs> down here <laughs> I, I think the way the power balance shakes out initially, mm-hmm. I mean, the elder's wife was running the economy as the master of coin, although she's mm-hmm. getting up in the years too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a line of secession at this point in Necrot, or has it always been pretty informal from elder to elder? It's been pretty informal. There's no like book of laws or anything like that. So I think that's, um, I think Devon is writing that book of laws. I think that's in the, li- that's in this first library. 
and it's probably just recording what uh, what has happened in the past. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so you will have to pick a line of succession. You'll have to decide mm-hmm. how you want to do that. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, it seems like Devon becomes the uh, next elder of Necrot, although the father-in-law has not passed away quite oh, yet. Oh, I thought you meant line of succession after Devon. Oh, yeah, I mean, that will... We'll see. Mm-hmm. see. Or maybe we'll leave a Republic in our... Uh, in his wake. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Devon beca- will eventually become the next elder, but leave... But de facto, his wife will be running the day-to-day in the city. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, do you have a future of Necrot, of where it ends up, that we need that we should be steering for? We are headed right for it. I, I... I don't think I need to redirect us or solidify it in any way, shape, or form. It's been working out great so far, so I'm okay. happy to... I'm just, just keep... curi- curious. Like, do you know what the government is by the time... Oh, no, I, I don't care what the government is. That's fine. I've okay. got some, like... I've got some ideas of things, but nothing about, like, government. Okay. And what and where this uh, port city needs to turn up being? Is that... Well, you suggested the exact spot that I have already planned for it, so... Is there a city on on this map in the future? Yes. Yes, there is. Right here. Right in this little hex. This this one here on the coast there? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is right where you wanted to put it anyway. I mean, I guess you pointed to this tile, but, you know, somewhere in this... You probably yeah, wouldn't want to be ten miles into the bay. You know, you want well, to be a little bit. And this bay is—it probably gets a little too shallow for like large ships to come. Mm-hmm. Like it's maybe more of a lagoon, or maybe it's slightly tidal. So like it, at low tide, like this gets really low, and you couldn't bring up a big galley. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. What is the name of this city? Does it have one in the future, or? Or is it just a uh, I mean, it has a name in the future, but you can name it whatever you want. You know, names know. will change as the thousands of years roll by. Hmm. I can look up the actual name that I'm I end curious. up with. I'm if thinking you want. maybe now, like I think initially it probably gets called like Raiders Bay, hmm. or like I think that ends up being called Sheltered Bay, Shelter Bay. Hmm. Maybe where is it hiding? Where's Empires of Arcadia? I think it's Shelter Bay. Tides Bay? Or is that just a suggestion? Oh, it is definitely Shelter Bay is what it ends up being called. Okay. I think initially it's probably Raiders Bay and Mm -hmm. that gets uh, rebranded. Or maybe like the Raider, we... We begin trading with the raiders, and they're on our side. And if you're coming up the bay from this side, you are you are uh, you have shelter from the raiders, right? Like if you oh, are, yeah. Right, if so, you're an outsider coming in, you are uh, at the mercy of the raiders. But from here, okay. So maybe yep. this becomes the like the raiders still live out on this section of coastline or whatever, and then they do their raiding, and then they come up to here to trade as like a centralized point. Um, and and then I think you... Uh, if you come, like, initially, it's probably a mess. Like, traders would come in and get, like, 
intercepted and robbed mm -hmm. and this becomes a problem and people want to start stop trading so mm -hmm. i think eventually maybe devon even needs to come in and like bring down the law and be like look this isn't going to work like he like he's got a shipment of uh i don't know some specialized ink or something coming in and it gets raided and lost and broken and he's pissed off and it comes and be like this this isn't going to work you've got to let trade come through mm -hmm. so the arrangement gets to be okay if you if you come to this trade hub you have shelter from the raiders you are you are off limits from the raids right right so and then the raiders can continue bay, like, all of their stuff and it's raiders bay shelter bay depending on you know perspective the time or, period and the perspective right. but eventually they're a like truce gets made where mm -hmm. you will have shelter from the raiders if you come and you do trade here perfect love it and in the meantime there's probably a a cut of the uh there's probably a tax a, a tariff on the trade goods here that gets distributed up the coast to the raiders yeah basically to this is how this is how you get the truce gets made is like you pay off the raiders like look stop robbing the people that are coming here to trade with you and we'll give you 10 percent of everything they bring in and you don't even have to work <laughs> well you they probably protect the coastline or something like that mm -hmm. they were gonna have to do something for it <clears throat> nothing's yeah. free in this world mm -hmm. and this probably i don't know what uh sinus was like if they were at all a trade hub but this Not probably yeah. okay this probably keeps them podunk mm -hmm. right because n now no one is going to go trade with sinus they'll come to shelter bay because if they get caught bypassing Shelter Bay, they're at the mercy of the raiders. Right. So like any trade ships that would try to circle around and do trade in Sinus, maybe it works out and they don't have to pay the taxes, but maybe they get hit by a raider along the way. Mm-hmm. And this whole area over here had just been like random fishing because there's no raidable coastlines nearby. They'd have to go all the way around the fucking peninsula mm -hmm. to, to get anywhere. So these people might try to pick up ratings specifically to look for people who try to bypass the the fees and taxes at Shelter Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Do you want to do another break or shall we just power through to the end of the episode? Um, well, I think where are we going? Because I don't know what else to do with Devon for today. We've made yeah, a couple magic I mean, items. We made some spells. We skipped in time. We built a city. We're building a city. Yeah, um, I mean, it, there will be more of the same. We will be uh, wrenching a uh, a tower from from the ground, from yeah. the elemental plane of Earth, um, yeah. building up Necrot, doing wizard stuff. I mean, there's spells to learn do more potions and scrolls, but eh. Eventually magic items to make. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Um, further down the line, maybe Devon gets tempted by Drexel's workshop and we can do some uh, monster creation. Um, you know, I think I'm pretty good <clears throat> here. For, for the future, I want to have a little bit of prep um, and planned because today there wasn't much put together for this just a couple of broad ideas and I'd like to continue doing sort of this informal style of character progression but also mm -hmm. intermix it with some actual like you know combat and RP and more traditional um, D&Ding but I don't have anything 
today for that. So I'm we can we can call it here. We can undertake another task or two, but I think we are nearing the end. Yeah, sounds about right. Uh, we're getting raided by those. Uh, maybe it was all the talk of uh, Raiders Bay. Mm, but, uh, the Raiders Bay. Well, welcome to the Squidzilla ink. Seems quite appropriate that you lost your ink in the the water and now the Squidzillas are here with more ink for you. Wonderful. Um, Prophetic. So is there, do you have it? I was fishing for lore on Drexel's laboratory or... uh, yeah. Other mm. avenues. Is there anything you want to leave us with there? I, I, I want to leave you with something. I just don't have anything to leave okay. you with at this can, moment. Yeah. I can be your prep for next session. Um, wow. Maybe we're wrapping up. I think um, we might be wrapping up-ish here. Because I think we've covered all of the Devon things that we had set out to do for now. And we really just need to figure out... Well, I need to sort out some RP elements for us to dig into. And... I guess you don't have anything to do for the future... What do you mean? You mean I personally don't have any? Yeah, I guess it's just on me to plan some some elements for us to dig I mean, into. Yeah, I can come up with ideas for magic items to make and how you want to craft your wizard tower, how many floors it's mm-hmm. going to have, what it's going to look like. Big question, Ryan. How many bathrooms do you put in a wizard tower? <laughs> Only one, as long as your wife is paying for it. Nice. Um... I think you, if you're a wizard, you come up with a much better solution. You have like an ooze that digests your waste or like a, yeah, I mean, that's really the best way. Right? Yeah, you get a gelatinous cube and mm-hmm. sits in a pit and you just hang your butt over the side of the pit and mm-hmm. there's your waste management system. Exactly. Um, okay. Um, well, why don't we pull this ship in for a landing then? I think so. I feel like there's more to do, but there's always more to do, right? There's always more to do. We're a little out of practice. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Does Devon have a hot tub? Asking the real questions. See, what you need to do is create mm. like a permanent minor gateway to the elemental plane of fire and situate it underneath like a stone pool so it constantly heats the pool to give yourself a hot what, tub. What could, what could go wrong? <laughs> uh, I do have a question. All of these minor gateways that Devon has been opening around the land, have there been any consequences? I mean, there, there was that earth elemental that I accidentally... Oh, I remember something that I wanted to do. We'll, we'll oh, do yeah? this next time. I wanted to create... Maybe I've already talked about this with you six months ago. I want to do a wizard spell called like direct or conduct or something like that that is equivalent to the priest's command but it can only be given to like 
unintelligible constructs. So like an elemental oh. or like a, or like maybe a zombie if it's a free will undead or like a, like a construct uh, or like a golem. Yeah. So it's like a first level spell that's like a one rat. You can, you can issue the equivalent of command. It's obviously nonverbal because this is to like an unintelligent creature. Mm-hmm. But basically like you first level spell to give a one round command to a an automaton or something or to your golem or to an elemental or whatever sort of falls into that category. Mm-hmm. But we can make that next time. I think it'd basically be command but reworked to only uh only zero int creatures. I don't know if it'd be intelligence but I think it'd be like constructs and automatons. Yeah, probably only What about cre- oozes and jellies and slimes? I feel like no. I'm not sure okay. why no, but right, no, I think go it with needs your to gut. be like, Yeah, I think it needs to be like something magically made, something constructed. Yeah, I mean the main idea is like if or you could yeah, it could be like it could be like for your own creations or for like if you come across an elemental and you're like shit, get away from me and you issue a command to get away. Or if you stumble across another wizard's golem, you can, like, cast it to, like, try and get the golem to leave you alone. Um, I want to look up and see if elementals have intelligence. They might, and that may throw a wrench in the works. Do you not have a copy of the Monstrous Manual? I do. I'm just super lazy. Okay. Uh, that would be... Uh copyright problem if I was here browsing a digital version and I don't own a physical copy of it right here. Alright. Elementals. Ooh, they have int. They do have intelligence. So Five, maybe seven. But I feel like I should be able to give commands to elementals. I might just need to specifically call out that you can Well, there's a whole direct, section on direct. controlling an elemental. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe I need to do my homework and read that. Stealing control of an elemental. You dispel magic. Mm-hmm. Dealing with control. All you need, you just cast to dispel magic to control the elemental. Oh. Hmm. I'm going to read about this. This is interesting. For next time. Um, And potentially hunt down that earth elemental that's wandering the Red Hills. Yeah. And maybe try to control it. Uh Capture it or bind it or something. There will be other things that come through these portals from time to time, especially if you're doing a lot of practice with them and building a tower out of them. We will deal with some of these these things, but maybe your controlling of an elemental will act as like an elemental guard. Um, yeah. When we come back next week in six months, or mm-hmm. not really, uh, we'll have something on controlling elementals, and we'll then we'll that's probably what we'll be digging into for RP is how you end up controlling this elemental if you can, and then how you might be able to use that to prevent further monsters from coming through these portals as you try and build a town. Or via... maybe, I mean, I was kind of expecting some of them might. I mean, initially the Earth Elemental came out, mm-hmm. killed some construction workers, and then wandered away into the Red Hills. Right. But... And you're going to probably want to prevent that from happening, or at least be able to um, 
know, hmm. direct it. Something. Say no and go back home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Have it, so having a command like spell that, although an elemental probably has a crazy save versus spell, don't they? Yeah. Like they're gonna be like twenty-five hit die, right? Oh, eight, twelve, or sixteen. Yeah. So eight would be manageable. Sixteen hit die is probably gonna be tough to boss around. Seventy percent of the time, an uncontrolled elemental will immediately attack the person or party who conjured it, destroying anything that stands between it and its enemies. I don't know if it counts as con. If you open a, pl- a portal, I don't think it counts as conjuring right. an elemental. I think that's you leave a door open and it wanders through. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll Ooh. dig into some elementals next week. Yeah. Maybe some. Maybe we'll do some monster creation at Drexel's workshop. Or city building, etc. Are we content to do Devon for the near future? Or, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I would. I'm okay. very content. I, there were some things that we I wanted to do with Devon that we never got around to doing. So I'm, I want yeah. to continue with this. And I think this disjointed nature will lend itself to uh, fatherhood. We can like take random breaks after a 20 minute spell crafting session or something like that. And you know, Dyson with that. Dyson with Death has always been avant-garde Dungeons and Dragons, mm. so yeah. this new like there's a baby at the same time style mm. really works well with with what we do here. Of course, cool. Of course, I need uh, Devon. In addition to his elemental pike, I need to come up with a magical weapon item for Devon that has divine in the name. Uh, but it's got to be like his signature magical item. I'm not sure what it is, like divine mantle or. I don't know what it is or what it does yet. I just mm. it's gotta be a divine something. Divine mantle is a cool name. Right. I don't know what it does. Yeah. It might be a thing. I don't know. Keep thinking about it. And by the time uh, I figure out what it does, we'll have the time skip to 14th level. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys come up with any cool ideas for Deva- uh, Devon's divine mantle or anything, just tweet them or, at yeah. Hobgoblin. And oh, yeah. uh, he'll check his Twitter and reply to you right away. I, I'm sure of it. I'm, I'm not even the Hobgoblin. Uh, Hogoblin, post, I'm so sorry. Just post it on Reddit. Ideas for, uh, or in the Discord. Ideas for, uh, or potions that we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be looking for messages from you guys in the Discord or on the subreddit. And um, other than that, I think we're going to go. Thanks for watching. Welcome back to Dyson with Death. See you guys next yeah. time.